It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame to his game because he's always the same. That's me. And with us here, special guest, distinguished author, distinguished author. Maybe if I could pronounce that word correct, I'd get it maybe one of these days. He's not an author. And he's certainly yes. not distinguished. Yes, he's he's it's a tough crowd out there, I guess. It is already. Um, but Greg Prado, Greg, I just Howard, read a comment. I just read a comment that, well, let's just say, I'm just I'm just warning you. Okay, okay, but yes, Greg Prado, how are you, Greg? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back on, guys. It's uh, well, I was going to say it's uh, good to be back, but after about 9 p.m. last night, I haven't been in a very good mood. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, Islanders. Um, you know, they're 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 struggling still. Yeah. You know, still the same exact issues that we've had at the beginning of the season are still the issues that we're having currently. Um aggravating, frustrated the fan base is. It's you know, there's you know, you name it, they are it. I mean, it's things I can't think great. of another I can't think of a team like the Islanders that has blown as many third period leads. This is becoming ridiculous. Can you think of any other team that's done this? This much, not this year. 
ridiculous. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny. You talk about how like the inverse is true for some. The Philadelphia Flyers still have not won a game where they've trailed so far this season. So it's like Islanders can't manage to close out games. Some teams, when they get the lead, they 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 hold on, and some teams, hey, once they go down, well, they've got no chance of coming back and clawing their way back into the into the matchup. So, um, you know, we're definitely going to dive in, talk a lot about you know, kind of what we've what we've seen as of recent here from the Islanders because the last time we did our show was on um, Wednesday, I guess Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it's been about a week since we did our last show. Um, you know, there's been a lot to cover, but, you know, always a few general housekeeping items that we want to go ahead and cover there first. Um, if you're new to the channel, welcome. This is a twice a week all island cast that takes place every single Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That being said, what do you mean not true? Did we start at 8 o'clock today? Nope. Did we ever start at 8 o'clock? Nope. Yes, we started at 8 o'clock. We start close enough, close enough to eight o'clock to make the grumpy old man just a little upset. Um, but we usually start at eight o'clock Wednesdays and Saturdays. This Saturday will be a little different. There's going to be a game going on. The Islanders start playing at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we will not be going live until that game concludes. Um, so don't be looking for us right at eight. Like what's going on? We're going to watch the end of the game. We'll be on after the game here this Saturday. Um, but again, every single Wednesday and Saturday at 8 PM Eastern standard time, you can find us there on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, pretty much anywhere on podcast platforms. You can find us at the Islanders never say die podcast. We also do have a secondary podcast called TJ and the grumpy old man. Now this is an old podcast. That takes place every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every single Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We just shoot the shit and talk sports. We talk anything and everything sports on that show. It's myself, the grumpy old man, and the magnificent Sun X just talking football, hockey, baseball, basketball, soccer, anything and everything sports on that show. You could find it in the link in the description below or as a on a feature or on a or as a featured page, I'm sorry, on our YouTube channel. You scroll down to the bottom it says check out our other podcast and you'll see TJ and the grumpy old man. And a few housekeeping items here. Now, I mentioned right off the top, Greg is a distinguished author, Grumpy Old Man. Grumpy takes a little stab at him, but Greg covers a lot. I say a lot of different genres. You know, he does a lot in the music. He does a lot there in New York sports specifically. And, you know, you'll see linked in the description below. I've got Greg's first off the his 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 book list on their Amazon, all 47 titles there. You can see there <laughs> on Amazon. You've got You'll see all the different all the different rock and roll books he has. He's got some from the Yankees. Well, I know first we we came in contact there with with Greg when he were talking about the the oral the oral story and the history of the Islanders dynasty. It's a great book. It's a great read. It's a great Christmas present. You've got here the sack exchange. You've got the the woes pretty much there. Butt fumbles, fake spikes, mud bowls in the Heidi game. You know, they, he covers anything regarding, I'd say, probably New York sports. He, if there's probably a New York sports topic, he's got a book out there for it. So we've got everything for Greg linked in the description below. Um, scroll, but Greg, thank you. Can you scroll a little bit down further? I want to ask you if you know who this is. Just scroll down a little bit. Keep going, yeah. keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Keep. All right, stop. Bonzo, you know who Bonzo is? I uh, seem like a clown, right? Go back up. No, that, yeah, we'll go. No, he's not. That's, that's Bozo. Okay, that's what you are. That's Bozo. it. That's it. Bonzo. Who is that? I don't know who. Meatloaf. <laughs> no, 
Well, I tried. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I knew we'd fail. So John Bonham. That's who that is. Yeah. Thanks for being able to read. And who did he play with? Do you remember who he played with? Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. He didn't know let's that. Go! Yeah, let's go. Let's go, Grumpy. Hold on. Let me hold on a second. Let's go. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. He knows. <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew. I knew that was Led Zeppelin. John yeah, Bonham is sure. Led Zeppelin, Grumpy. Come on. I know seen, that. You ever seen the movie The Song Remains the Same? No, I don't oh. watch movies, Grumpy. Come on. You know this. What a loser. Yeah. I'm, you know what I'm doing? I'm spending too much of my time watching the Islanders. I'm wasting my life watching the Islanders continue on this treadmill of mediocrity. And the same exact story repeats over and over again. But I'm like a glutton for pain. It's like that for all New York sports it's teams. Glutton for punishment is the term. Yeah, because I was going to say, you know, I've been hoping with the torture that the Jets have uh, been uh, providing me, I was hoping for a little maybe break, maybe a little bit of fun. But, of course, the Islanders provided a swift kick to the private parts last night. Yeah. You were talking, and Greg, you were talking a little bit about losing and blowing games in the third period. Uh, you know, there's been Coaching a Coaching or no? I was about to say, there's been a big, I wouldn't even say riff, but there's been a big movement, the 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 chance, and I guess the the uh, desire to fire Lane Lambert continues to grow more and more as the days go on. And, you know, I, I'll kind of ask you, what are you, what are you guys' opinion? Is it is it more on coaching or more on player personnel? Well, I mean, isn't there, is there a correlation that all the great coaches you could think of, whether it be Belichick, Arbor, uh, Lombardi, all their players, I'm sure, didn't commit stupid penalties game after game after game after game, right? They all have talent. That's what makes them good. Chuck Knoll was a miserable coach for the mm -hmm. Steelers until, you know, they got Mean Joe Green and uh, uh, Ernie Holmes and Terry Bradshaw and Blyer and Franco Harris. I mean, you know, talent makes coaches great. I always say talent wins games, coaches lose them. I'm not saying that Lane Lambert is losing them games. I just don't think we're talented enough. I think Man, it's Grumpy, um, did you ever notice TJ or Sun X commit any penalties while they were growing up in your house? Yes, all the time. <laughs> TJs were penalties of idiocy. <laughs> what were X's penalties of, Grumpy? Apathy. Apathy. Okay. Fair yeah. enough there, Grump. Um they are taking a lot of boneheaded mistake and a lot of dumb penalties. Mm. I think somebody had given me the stat. Maybe it was Phil's facts, Grumpy. Ugh. I know, I know. He gave me the. I think he gave me the update that it was we've had ten power plays cut short due mm. to committing a penalty on the power play, which leads the NHL. I'm like ten. If there's ten so far, we're only twenty one games into the season. I mean, you're talking about almost every other game you have a power play that's cut short because you committed a penalty and an infraction. I mean, you can't be doing that. You know, coaches really do a few things. Discipline is important. Coaches have discipline and they're more system and what the system is. You know, that's what coaches can control. Coaches can't control the creativity of players. They can stifle the creativity of players, but they really can't create creativity for players. And our team still just doesn't score a lot of goals. I guess, you know, talking about the power play, probably because we've been pretty good on the power play this year, right? Yeah, top 10. Good. Top 10 last year. Games, yeah. Picked our up the last few games. Our problem is we can't score five on five, and we can't defend. They also choke in the third period. You could, They start getting tense in the third period. Even, like, the games that they win, it's never a convincing, easy win. It's like your heart's in your chest. or your, I mean, your, your, heart's, your heart's up in your throat towards the end. Like, are they going to blow it? Are they, you know? I just, I just think that 
when the third period rolls around and when it happens time after time, gets in your head, right? Kind of gets in your head a little bit. Yeah. Where, uh oh, here we go again. They give up one goal. Uh oh, then the tie game, and you know they're going to lose. And the Devils, uh, who've not played great this year either, they dominated the third period, right? Let's be honest. And yeah. but I thought the Islanders were outstanding the first two periods. I thought they played extremely well. And it's like, you know, maybe they run out of gas. I don't know, but it's it's not good. It, I, I mean, we're just we're just there, right in the middle of the mosh pit. Just what we said they were going to be. Maybe they squeak in as an eighth seed. Maybe they'll make it all. Who knows? It's just very frustrating because they're like so close in these games. But just, oh, I mean, one thing I'll say, the Islanders, they at least have a lot more talent than, say, like the Jets. The Jets are just a big mess. I think yeah, well, the Jets defense is good. The, Jets just the, 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 they don't have the quarterback. We'll talk, I will talk about this tomorrow, but Aaron Rodgers right. got put in the 21 day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's got to come back to play in the next 21 days or he's done for the year. Yeah. Aaron so he's, ready. <laughs> so he's ready to practice. He's ready to practice. Yeah. Fantasy teams are are, are are dependent upon Rogers return, Grumpy. So, Not um, but, you know, when I pop this stat of these stats up here, now this was before our most recent loss against the Devils. Our power play 10th in the NHL, our penalty kill 31st yeah. in the NHL. And they were actually very good last year, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And our goals, our goals against per game, you know, it's still, I mean, the goals against per game still isn't bad, right? When people are like, oh, man, stroke, it's been miserable. It's been that. We're still top half of the NHL in goals conceded a game. I mean, that's, I don't know. That's, it's not like that's the weak point of our game. The big issue of our game, which has been the big issue for years and years and years, is our inability to score goals. We're thirtieth right now in the NHL in goal scored per game, or maybe Not it's twenty ninth. This was this I didn't I didn't add it up after we after our most recent loss against the Devils because it's just depressing to add this up all the time to think oh man it, it, we're just continue to sit at the bottom. But you know what were teams like San Jose and Chicago some of the worst teams in the NHL we're surrounded by and it's just like. Yikes, like Washington, they're not scoring a lot of goals either. It's it's odd and uncharacteristic for them with a guy like Ovechkin that are not scoring goals, but we're not scoring enough goals. That simple. We haven't for years and that for years, Grump, we haven't scored enough goals. And look at this shots against per game. We're second to worst in the NHL with the amount of shots that we concede every single game on target. Only San Jose is worse. Yeah. Think about I that. It's the pull up, just slide it up a little bit more because this is the one that, you know, I've hung my hat on for a while. Nope. The other direction. Nope. Well, I'm going to give you the updated one on this, Grumpy, because I think you're talking about our production against teams who made the postseason last year. Is that what you're about to mention, Grumpy? Yeah, look at this. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Because this is right out of my playbook right here. Somebody's copying you on Twitter. Absolutely. I don't know who it is. I don't know who could be copying you on Twitter, Grumpy oh, Old Man. it's you. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, I'm like, I, boy, that's, I, I mean, that's almost verbatim you. what I say. He shows you how often I'm on Twitter, right? That's right. Oh, five and three over eight games. Eight losses, no wins. They've only won four wins in the tw last 21 matchups against the Hurricanes. Well, that's going to be four out of 22 come tomorrow night. That's a guarantee. Yeah. It's that's not good enough. Now, Greg, let me ask you this. People are not seeming to worry too much about the inability to beat a team that made the postseason last year. Is that uh, – I mean, what are your thoughts on that there? 0-5-3 in the eight teams that we've played or the eight games we've played against teams that made the postseason last year. What are your thoughts on that? Well, if they're lucky, they're going to be in the same position as last year. They're going to just squeak in like in the very last last week of the uh, season. But 
The biggest question I have is, should Lambert be fired or not? I think, yes, he's going to be fired. I don't think he survives this road. I think when he gets back from the road trip, he's fired. Um, but who's going to now take his spot? That's really my next question with that. Does people it obviously would have said John Hines before he, you know, just because of the pure linkage between him and, and Lou. But uh, who the hell was the head coach for uh, Minnesota? I'm blanking on right now, Grump. Everson? Yes, that was just fired. You know, Everson may be a name. Um, you know, the the uh, Wedgecroft. Wedgecroft, right, Grumpy? It well, won't be Everson. them. It'll be somebody that he knows, maybe John McClain or somebody else, because he never goes outside of his comfort zone anymore. He just does it. It'll well, you know, there are maybe like maybe two people that uh, like the average fan wouldn't think of. What about Phil's facts or Tony Cheese? <sighs> Tony Cheese could be a good option, Grumpy. Because Phil's facts, we know he's a maniac. Maybe it's they, Tony <laughs> Cheese is the answer. If they were going for the number one pick, Phil's facts would be the coach <laughs> I'd want. <laughs> it's 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 bad. Like in all seriousness, no, eight times we've played teams that made the postseason last year have not gathered a single win. And I'm gonna go out on a limb and again. We have only beaten the Carolina Hurricanes four out of the last 21 times we played them. We have not beaten a single team that made the postseason last year. So I'm just adding up like, oh, what's our chance of beating Car on the road against Carolina? Unlikely. Unlikely. And um, oof. Then you got Florida, another team that made the postseason last year. They're hot. They're hot. They're playing much better now. God, could you imagine if we have our first 10 games we play against teams that made the postseason last year, we lost every single one of those games? I'm not surprised by that. Couldn't. I'm just like, if it did happen, it's maybe it doesn't happen, right? We could beat maybe Carolina or the Florida Panthers, but man, when, when, when do people start to hit the panic button? Fans are upset, you know, understandably so, but a lot of people are thinking it's just the coach. Hey, we get a new coach. We're going to change this around because, as Greg had mentioned, we had there was a lot of third period games that we've blown leads in. Now, since October 30th, this is what Rob went ahead and posted. Since October 30th, the Islanders have blown leads in the third period alone of two nothing, two one, three one, three two, three two, three two, four three, four two, four three. A lot of these are one goal leads. Now that I'm looking at it a little bit more, you know, in depth. But, well, you know, they're blowing a lot of games. But they don't have last night's game in there, right? This is including last night's game. This well, is after last night's game. Well, okay. Then it's out we, had of a four, we had a 4-3 lead last night. It was a 4-2 lead in, in the third period. Yeah, it four was to a 4-3. Four to, four to the three three thing now, a uh, criticism I have about Lambert is, is there any accountability when these players take these ridiculous penalties game after game and they give up goals because that because they're, they're in the uh, penalty box? Because... To me, it seems like there's not really any accountability, and isn't that a bit of a problem? Isn't that a cause for a lot of this? Uh, you know, I don't know about it. Well, Lambert <laughs> was talking about, you know, it's a bad penalty when you throw the puck over the boards. Okay, you know, over the glass. He's not trying to do that. I mean, it's like, to me, it's like the hooking or the interference or dumb stuff. Like, those are dumb penalties to take in the offensive zone. Or if Anders Lee, when he obviously instigated last night, if he was called for a minor for instigating that fight because he got knocked over in a clean check, like that would be a dumb penalty that you get, in my opinion, should be benched for. I mean, but it wasn't called against him. Yeah. I mean, he didn't like, I mean, he was skating right across the center ice with his head down, looking at the puck and clean hit by Smith, right? He didn't like it. He goes after Smith again. Smith knocks him on his ass again. You don't like that. Now I'm going to drop the gloves. And he instigated, and then he gets his ass kicked. 
I mean, geez, talk, about, talk about the Gordie Howe hat trick. I don't know who's hat trick. Maybe this is the Dave Schultz hat trick. I don't know. People post game were very upset because they watched Andrews Lee's over there with a smile on his face. Talk about, oh, you know, how are you recovering with a smile on his face? And I was listening to Stefan Rosner last night. And they were like, you know, there's, you know, five, five, six minutes or so before anybody else gets in the room that the team's there by themselves. And I'm sure that, you know, those are not fun conversations that are being had over that time period. You know, there's somber thoughts, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing. I should never, after a loss like we saw last night, your captain should never have a smile on his face, not a once. Oh, hey, you just had your baby boy born. How are you feeling? We just lost our football game. We just lost our hockey. There should be no fucking smiles around. Like you have winning has to be so unbelievably important to you where you will you live to win. You eat, breathe and sleep winning hockey games. The guys just don't have that mentality. When they also always seem to take penalties at the worst time, like they take penalties at the worst times possible. And it totally it totally shifts momentum. I've noticed as well. Yeah, I saw that uh, last night. Absolutely. And, you know. Last the fact that we lost in regulation last night, that was the real freaking yeah. twist of the dagger. We were up four to two entering that third period. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Four to two entering that third period. We can have a goal with 22 seconds left on the 21, board. 21 seconds. 21.5. So I'm just saying 22. I'm rounding up. I'm giving us a little bit extra wiggle room. 22 seconds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, oh shit. That's one where you're you should be tearing into fucking teammates. You should be tearing in. This is not acceptable. It's not. But it, it's by the way, as soon as it became four three, I knew. I said, all right, it's just a matter of time until four four. Can they make it to overtime to at least get one point out of this? That's the that's the first thing that pops into my mind now with the Islanders the way that they've been playing. Yeah, it's it's and I'll tell you, they do a lot of that in the last four or five minutes where they just go into a turtle shell. They don't worry yeah. about putting offensive pressure on or any sort of pressure. So it, we're just hemmed in our own zone and getting shot. That's why we're giving up so many shots is because when we're playing with a lead. We say, let's just all sit in our own zone, send one guy forward and hope we get to overtime where we were able to hold out this lead. But here's the truth. Sorokin. He's a great goalie. He's not played at the Vesna caliber that he played at last season. He's not the reason we're losing games, but he's yeah. not playing at the same level of superstar goalie extraordinaire like last year. They're, this guy is getting hung out to dry every night. He made a couple of spectacular saves last night that kept us in the game. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, you can't blame Sorokin. It's the, I, I, defensively, we're just bad. We're just bad. Pulak and... Uh, Romanov are horrible. Yeah, Romanov is horrible. I'm not blaming Sorokin. What I'm saying is last year he made all the saves. This year he's making 80% of those fantastic saves. The 20% that are trickling in are costing us games because we go ahead and we're giving up more shots than we did last year too. You know, so last night Goring also pointed out at one point like there was no, no communication between I think Mayfield and Dobson, and you could see that they almost scored. That they, they like th there's so much. Just guys standing around, just looking at each other. No one's covering their man. Just it's everyone running like, I don't know. I just don't understand if it's talent or coaching. The, Trump, reason, help is, with the reason is other teams in the league are too fast for us. And our guys can't keep up. Yeah, but, like I mean, but, they're, but, they're, but they're like just standing there, though. Standing still. 
Well, we allow we allow easy zone entries because that you look at when these teams are able to build up speed, we're just caught on our heels. Like, oh shit, you got these these young fast forwards that are coming in with a head of full of steam. Our guys can't keep up, so we just have to retreat, retreat, retreat. So it allows for easy blue line entry, and then it allows for them easily to get set up in the offensive zone. That's why they get a lot of shots on us. We we can't press the issue at the blue line because if we make a mistake, well, holy shit, then it's a two on one going right in on Sorokin. And that's where it's like, oof, it gets bad. Which New York coach is more of a complete nincompoop, Lambert or Sala? It's close, I right? I don't know. I, I think I think it's probably more. I don't know. Lambert. Oh, I guess. Maybe Sala. The Jets haven't quit. The Jets have not quit on him. I think Lambert. And well, like, all right. See, because I, I would have said maybe Sala, but I don't know. They're both about equal. I'm not, I'm not against Lambert, but I will say he looks – flabbergasted and he looks like he's out of options like we were talking about this a few shows ago but with how often he goes to the blender regarding his line combinations he just looks like he doesn't have an answer and that makes him look more incompetent even if he's not incompetent if you know what i'm saying also today something popped into my head that now i think it's pretty much crystal clear that the islanders should never have gotten rid of trots right i don't think you want to be here anymore now that's what a lot of people were talking about in that in that post game. Like, oh man, we he were knew. so fortunate to have trots. He knew this team wasn't going anywhere. He knew it. He knew this team was not. It was not capable of winning Stanley Cup. And he's like, you know what? I want a GM job, and he got one. Had to sit out a year getting paid. I just think he's like, I don't think he cared that he got let go or resigned. He did. He did everything. He's a great coach. I think at the end, he made a few mistakes. All coaches do. He's a Hall of Fame type of coach. But you could start to tell where it was like, okay, we're not doing what needed to be done to be successful in this system. He was doing everything he could, and still we finished the season with 80-something points. And he like he, he knows the, the, the true co the composition of the team. I think last year, the only reason we made the playoffs was everything the sun and the moon aligned. We lost Matt Barzal and still managed to rattle off win after win after win, and we had a very easy second half of the year schedule, and we wound up taking advantage of it. But this is, I mean, every single year, it's like we're barely, barely clawing our way into the postseason. He knows that there's not enough talent on the team, too, I believe, Trotz. Yeah, I, I think I think that's why he, didn't, he could care less that mm -hmm. he would let go. I think he wanted to go in a different direction. He got the most he could out of that team, and they moved on. I just, I just want to touch on, you realize that We've only played out of the playoff teams eight games, right? Out eight of twenty-one, out of twenty-one. So we played thirteen games against teams that didn't make the playoffs and are pretty darn bad right now, right? Yep. So, what does that mean? The second, you know, we're only at the quarter pole. Of course, we're not in playoff position, but we're close. But close. what happens when you start playing better teams, right? I think you're going to see tomorrow and uh, Saturday. You're going to see another two losses from the Islanders, and then you know all the fans got to get rid of Lane Lambert. Who's the guy who picked Lane Lambert? Handpicked him. Did not look out of the org uh, outside the organization to see if somebody else might have a different idea. Lamarillo wants his finger on the pulse of everything. He needs to go. I'm not saying Lane, Lane Lambert is a, you know, a Jack, uh, whatever it is, the Jack Adams trophy winning coach. But you know what? There's not a whole lot of talent, and he's hamstrung by what he could actually do with the guys that we have. I mean, yes, we need to score more goals. Okay, well, if you open it up a little bit, you're going to give up a boatload more chances the other way. I mean, we still only score 2.6 goals a game. That's just freaking bad. Bottom three in the NHL with goals for a game. That's not acceptable. San Jose and Chicago 
the two worst teams in the NHL. And then us. I'm sorry, I just it's it's inexcusable to give up late lead after late. I mean, game after game after game. There's just no excuse for that. I'm sorry. I mean, you could say there's not enough talent. They're just. I'm sorry. I just I just think that our guys are old and slow. The other teams are young and fast, and that's why they're able to dominate us in the third period. I think it's more panicking and more like a state of mind, like, oh, no, oh, shit, there's only five minutes left. Can we hold on? I, I think it's more that. I think it's more mental. That's what we did under trots all the time, except we were just keeping the puck out of the net. Like, right. think about, like, how often we would do the bend, don't break style and mentality. We were blocking a lot more shots, but we're not blocking as many. We're still blocking a shit ton of shots, but not as many maybe as in years past. I don't know. And watch somebody pull up the number. Hey, we're blocking more shots this year than in years past, but we're giving up a lot more shot attempts on that. And it's like we do go into scramble mode. Now, here's the thing. A lot of time, the Islanders play in a in a helter-skelter type of style when we score goals and give up goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're scoring goals. You could almost tell it's like written in the stars when things start to get crazy in the offensive zone. I'm like, okay, the Islanders are scoring here on this shift. They could be all over the place. They could just be panicking. We're not going to come away from that 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 scrum without a goal. And it's the same thing on the defensive side of the puck, too. When When things get crazy and hectic, we're giving up a goal. So I it's we're giving up a lot of third period leads. Does maybe a new coach solve that? Yes, perhaps they do. But uh, I, this is a veteran group. This, that's is, what, not, this is not when, a young this is these are not guys who haven't been together for years and years. When does the onus fall on the professional who does this for a living? I mean, like, there's only so much that the coach is gonna say, like, hey, we can't be taking dumb penalties, 30-year-old veteran. 30-year-old, you know, NHL vet. We can't be flipping the puck out of the, you know, pick, flipping the puck out of the ice. We can't go ahead and take slashing calls over here, six-year vet in the league. Like, that's not something the coach can do. And, like, people are like, hey, should we should bench him. Who are you going to put in there? We don't have anybody else. We could put Gauthier on the top line, Grumpy. Mm-hmm. Will Will Quinville ever coach again, do you think? I don't uh, know. I, don't I think, think he so. will. I think he will. Thank you. I think he will. I mean, are we going to talk about the Corey Perry thing tomorrow, right? What? What? Yeah, yeah. I've done enough research on what happened with Corey Perry. I saw something happen. Chicago is a gutless organization. I'm just saying that. Okay. Well, I, I can't speak or comment on it. I haven't done enough research on it, but Neither I was so I. focused. But he did, just to you. Oh, we did an investigation. What in an afternoon? I'm like, come on, <laughs> give me a break. Give me a break. They didn't want any more bad press after the previous thing. So they're like, okay, what happened? Supposedly got into it with, uh, you know somebody uh, who's a coach on the team or something like that. I don't know. I, like I said, I didn't read the full article, but well, then uh, let's, let's wait to comment on that until we read the full article. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say Corey Perry. I've never heard him being a badass type guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's, I'm interested though. When does the, if you, if you bring in a new coach and let's say results aren't immediate, do then people finally say it's the players instead of the coach? Because the, the the point that we've always been trying to drive home is there's a deeper-seated issue, and until we finally admit that the team's talent isn't good enough, we're not going to be able to win a cup. All right? this is I don't care who's behind the bench. If it's Joe Quinville, whoever's the head coach, I don't think this team can win a Stanley Cup. Do you think that this team with the right coach can do that, Greg or, or Grumpy Old Man? Eh, I mean... I, I kind of agree with you guys, like how you like with a lot of things you say. But I look at Florida last year getting hot at the right time, but they could say, but Florida the previous year was had what like the top had the best record in present hockey, but got yeah. bounced out. So I I don't know. And then look at Boston last year, how great they were, and they stunk in the 
playoffs, uh, it's very, very hard to say. I mean, I personally think getting rid of Lambert and putting in a new coach would probably jumpstart them and also show the players you have to be a little more accountable for your actions and holding leads and giving up stupid penalties and stuff. But I don't know. I think we need a culture change. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I think that the mentality of this team is that of a country club. We've talked mm-hmm. about here the 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 uh, the country club mentality that the Islanders have. Andrews Lee should be stripped of the sea. That should have happened. We talked about it two years ago. Should have happened this offseason. Should happen right now. He should be stripped of the sea, and he should find his ass on the bench. That simple. But you need somebody who's a real blood and guts type of guy. You can't have you cannot have players that are fucking smiling, laughing around, having a good old time after you just found a way to squander and give up three goals in the third period to lose to the Devils, who have been playing like piss poor this season. No That's unacceptable. It's no accountability in the organization. None. That's what, yeah. I, I like. Mean, I don't think there's what. How are you going to hold a guy accountable like that? Is well, what, did, what did Cordarella do? What did Cordarella do last year? You didn't play my way. You're sitting on the bench. We're moving yeah, you, young sure. guys. Now here's the thing: I don't think Philadelphia is talented at all. But I'll tell you what: they give it 110 percent every single shift out there. They outwork right. us the pucks. They like that was the one thing when we played Philadelphia twice in the three game time period. I'm like, man. Philly kind of reminds me of the effort level that the Islanders used to put in the first year under trots, first and second year. And it's kind of like, uh, okay, we just, the effort, I mean, Greg, maybe you remember this too. The effort the Islanders had the first few years under trots, man, oh man, it was like we were like a dog on a bone. We weren't the talent, the most talented team, but we outworked everyone. A word that always popped in my mind during that era was relentless. Yeah. Yeah. They just kept going, come, like they they wouldn't give up. They kept coming at you, coming at you, coming at you. But would you would you say gone, we're, would you say we're we're relentless now? I mean, like I wouldn't relentless for maybe one or two periods. Definitely not relentless in the third period anymore. I just think we run out of gas for a team that's not particularly fast, not nimble on their feet, and the other team comes at us in waves. Just can't keep up. I think there's a lot to do with it. And I'm also though, like I mentioned uh, at the top, what happens is. When you see it going in that direction again, it's like, oh, here we go again. And that's that's what losing that's what happens with losing teams. They find ways to lose. I mean, now, now something that's been on my mind, and also I'm sure a lot of the viewers, uh, Grumpy, how are you doing health wise? Are you feeling better, or what's the story? Uh, some good days, some bad days. Today was not a good day, but I did promise TJ I would do the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told Grumpy, I said. Glad you're here. Glumpy, Grumpy, glad you're here. Glad you're here, though. I hope you're feeling better, Grumpy. Well, Grumpy, also, I want to get you in the holiday spirit. I'm wearing a special shirt. Can you see this print? I did. I look at that. Yeah. I think that was a like a white elephant sale, right? <laughs> like, you know, like you go to a party, you know, you have a party, everybody brings a gift, and it's like, oh, I'll take this one. I'll take this one. Oh, I'll take the one that Johnny got over here, you know? And that was the <laughs> last one standing, I think. You know what we could have done tonight? It's similar when you did that bit with uh, Phil's facts. You're all dressed in the white collar. We should have all worn this uh, shirt tonight, all three of us. We could I don't have, have one of those shirts. Uh, we could have got one, Grumpy. We we just it required more planning, but uh, I would have bought you one, Grumpy. Thank I, you. I definitely would have bought you one. I'll never I'll never look a, a brand new shirt for free in the mouth ever. <laughs> no problem. You all want semi stuff free? I got no problem with it. I'll rep it on the show. No big deal. <laughs> the um. Uh, let's let's talk about these two upcoming games, Carolina, then the Florida Panthers. Huh. I'd say uh. I'd say 
if I'm picking a game that I think the Islanders have a higher chance to win, it would be probably Florida over Carolina, right? I don't think we beat Carolina. I could picture those foolers like coming out great against one of these teams, and then they just—it's going to be the same thing with a third period or a stupid penalty, and then momentum shifts. I don't know. I just don't know. It's—I mean, I, I hate to keep making the comparison to the Jets, but now with, with the Jets, it's almost like every game there's going to be some freakish thing that's going to happen with the Islanders. You're just waiting for the third period, the whole panic to start, you know, it's just pretty much like a clockwork at, at, at this point. Yeah. And the, but here's the thing. Remember the devils are good. They're really aggressive on four check. They got speed and they picked it up in the third period. They absolutely did. I think I thought the Islanders uh, acquitted themselves very well. The first two pairs. I'm like, you know what? This is, they're playing really, really well today. And then the third period, it's like, you know what? Uh, remember Marty McFly, you know, he's getting ready to go in there for the amplifiers in Doc Brown's house. And he, he takes it and he's and it blows him across the room. That's what the Jersey was like last night. They just, let's just turn it up to 10. Mm. Go. I mean, that's, and that's what you're seeing. Look at the teams that are beating us. It's not the slog it out teams. It's the teams that have speed. And are just think if, the, if the Islanders didn't take those stupid penalties in the third period, wasn't it a five on three at one point? Wasn't that when they gave up the uh, tying goal? I don't. Was it five on three or was it five on? Pretty four? sure. I'm uh, pretty sure the Devils had a two man advantage, if I'm not mistaken. And the second one was when they threw the puck out of the out of the uh, out of the playing surface. I think. I mean, I mean but, but just, here's the thing. You know what? Every team takes dumb penalties. The Islanders aren't the only team that takes dumb penalties now. I know, I mean, but it's always it like time. at the worst possible time. You know, it's like if you're going to take a dumb penalty, take it in the first period, take it, you know, but it's always when they only have like one goal lead or it's tied. Uh. Well, you know what? When it's nut crunching time, who grips their sticks a little bit too tight, right? I mean, that's kind of what it is, right? Mm -hmm. You're afraid to make a mistake. You see these, my gosh, we fall apart every third period. And then all of a sudden the mistake happens. Oh, I got to do the right. Oh, no. And it just happens. All right. Uh -oh. The second worst team on the penalty kill, though. I mean, like, right, like in years past, if we took a penalty, I, I'd say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident we're killing that thing off. But it's just it's hard to believe. And again, eight of the teams we've played made the postseason last year. It's not like we've been playing a lot of world beaters out there. It's not like, oh, we're playing Colorado and Edmonton's fantastic po power play all the time. And, and we're playing Vancouver, who's super hot. We've played a lot of mid-level mid-tier team so far this year and it's just like our penalty kill has not been good and you know this god it's a new coach is going to happen i think you'll get a bump you'll get a bump it's needed at this point i it think is. that i think if the new coach comes in here's the one thing if they're from outside the organization maybe lou will let them have a little bit of say because who is going to take this job unless you give them a little bit of say-so or you, you pretend that you're going to give them some say-so? I'm going to tell you what, Lou's absolutely not. You think he's going to hire somebody who has a mind to think on his own, who's not beholden to him? I think you're crazy. What we really need, again, is a culture change. Absolutely. What and would it take? Done with somebody internal. What would it take for the Islanders to acquire Connor McDavid? <laughs> Grumpy. Uh, Tell us, come on. It's not happening. The whole team? Oh, shit. So it's just I the mean, whole team, just Connor McDavid by himself? You have to give up Sorokin, Barzell, and Dobson, a couple of number ones. What about Barzell and instead of Sorokin, Varlamov? Well, no, they wouldn't take Varlamov. 
you know, I mean, that would that would absolutely uh, spiral us to being irrelevant. What if we give them Nassau Coliseum? I mean, it's run down, dilapidated. What's it, it? What's it like a flea market? Property. Now? I mean, it's like property is definitely worth money somewhere. So yeah. I don't know. rent it out. I think we will make a deal though at some point in time, uh, trading away a first round draft pick and probably yeah. Oliver Wallstrom or whoever. And and one more quick aside there too. I don't think we mentioned Adam Pellick is out on long term injury there yeah. with with uh, upper body injury that uh, we hear is going to take him out probably for about like five to six weeks is the timetable that we're hearing um, how long he'll be out for. Undisclosed injury, but upper body injury. I'm not sure if they've released what it is yet, but upper body injury is what they're I just saying. Wanna, right I just want to go back and touch on one thing real quick, you know, about the penalty kill. You notice who's been out there on the penalty kill a lot? Our boy Mo Simon Holmstrom. Roman. Simon Holmstrom's done okay on the penalty kill. He's been out there. He's he's sprung short-handed attempts. I thought he's looked good he, on the PK. He's yeah. okay on the penalty kill. That's what, that's what bottom six players do. They have to be able to play on a penalty kill. But Romanov is out there on penalty kill. And here's the thing. Pulak was able to bail him out a little bit last year. Now Pulak has almost been infected with Romanitis. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's been – Romanov's – on a penalty kill, you must have structure. You must have structure. And okay. Pulak and Pelik, they look – I'm sorry. Pulak and Romanov just look terrible out there together. They even throw Noah Dobson out there. And he's looked okay, but nothing spectacular. <laughs> it's just bad. This is the little clip. If this uh, is not the Islanders, I don't know what it is. This is a little clip right here. Uh, uh, this is painful to watch. <laughs> it is. We'll put it in slow motion because a lot of people uh, will point out the obvious here. Now you're seeing easy zone entry. Can't. I mean, like easy zone entry. You've got here. Pulak is over here. Romanoff over here. Romanoff loses his stick. Pulak gets just, I mean, just skated right around. And, you know, now we're now we're a stick short there, right? Romanoff is down low. Just getting beat. Is no that one covering anyone. People just running around. Is no, like you said, no uh, structure or anything. It's just people He's running just around still, with their like, heads chopped off. Deeks right around a good de defensive defenseman. Just gets undressed. Romanoff loses his stick at the same time. <laughs> and it's it's complete scramble mode at that point. Uh, you know, ugh. It's at this it's at this point it has to be a new coach. What do you guys think of all I was gonna ask, what do you think of also Mayfield? He seems to be doing absolutely nothing nowadays as well, right? Mayfield always looks bad in the regular season. He looked bad last year in the regular season, too, I think. You know, it's more of the he's more of a postseason player, which is yeah. why last year should have been an automatic trade, trade him at the deadline to get as many assets as possible. But instead, we signed a guy who doesn't skate well, who's going to be 30 years old to a seven year deal. I mean, I think the only the only good thing he ever did was score that important goal against the lightning in game six. Right. To tie it. That's the only thing I could think of. He's ever done that was somewhat redeeming. I just think he's fat, dumb, and happy signed a seven-year deal worth three and a half per. That's all he wanted. He likes it here. They gave him no trade clause, another one of those, for a guy who's going to be 37 when his career is over, 37. I mean, I'd say Mayfield may be worth may, Mayfield may be worth the money if he would make Grumpy smile from time to time, but he's not even making Grumpy smile anymore, so it's not even worth no, it. he's not. And everybody knows I love Scott Mayfield. I do. 
but man, he takes a lot of dumb penalties too. Absolutely. He's yeah. And he can't, like I said, when he was with Taves, that's when he was at his best. Now he's put, uh, teamed up with, you know, Balduke or Aho or whoever, Mike Riley. Uh, I wanted to ask too, did you guys notice in the game against the Flyers that the Islanders lost one to nothing? Did you notice how many uh, shots, point blank shots, totally missed the net? I mean, for the Flyers or for the Islanders? Islanders. I mean, this is like their, 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 their job, their profession is to practice shooting on net, right? The Flyers missed a lot of those too, where they had one time. One time, I thought the Flyers were even. Maybe I was distracted by how bad they were. I was like, "Holy sh!" I was shocked the Flyers beat us and had so much possession. Yeah. They couldn't get a damn thing on that. I'm like, "Okay, they they got effort, but that's it." Are, me, I was going to ask: are, are the Islanders worse in the third period or in overtime? What's the difference? <laughs> Same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Have we won yeah. an overtime game? I don't think so. Shoot out. We won one or two, okay. but that's you won, one. You won. Wallstrom, okay. right? That's. What I mean, wait a second. They're at least letting Wallstrom play now, right? Yeah, but I don't think Lane likes him much. Uh, he he was okay. Gauthier was really good yesterday. Oh, <laughs> Wally, yeah, he was okay. Yeah. Oh, do you know who's looking awful? But he didn't even play the last game. Is uh, Samuel Bolduke? Yeah, he's just young. It's like he's he's got a long way to go until he's ready. Yeah. He's. He's a guy where ideally, like, it's tough to, with now Pelic out, and you're like, okay, now we've got two pieces of the defensive puzzle that aren't really stellar. We're a team that requires on our forward group four really solid lines, and the same thing with our defensive group. We require three really solid lines, and we don't have that in the defensive pairings right now. We don't have four really solid forward lines. And I don't Wasn't think- he the Fuller uh, last playoffs that swatted the, uh, the puck out of the air and it went in, into the Islanders' net? Um, behind uh, Sorokin against the Canes, wasn't it him? I don't remember. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I think don't. it was. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty I, sure it was him. But for me, the issues with the Islanders you know, is that their forward group is not coming back quick enough to help. Hmm. I mean, then the defense is just peeling back, and they're not coming back fast enough. I mean, honestly, you look at how many how many players have really been good for. We'll say, man. They were having good years, right? What do you got? Three guys? Three. Right. Yeah. Who are your four, TJ? I, I am only thinking three. Um, I'm thinking who've been good this year. It's Dobson. I've loved what I've seen from Matt Barzal. Um, at times, I like from what I see from Bo Horvat. I do at times. At times, not so much. And Sorokin has been iffy. So maybe Sorokin's it's been like... Great. Sorokin what about also a Brock Nelson? No, absolutely not. Brock has been okay. He's It's like he's a big... He's a big either he's invisible or he's doing exactly what you require him to do. Like meow, meow. that's what he is. <laughs> I don't know what that is, Grumpy, but uh, pussy, hey. all right. <laughs> pussy cat. You know, it's better than you saying that stupid meow. Um Jesus Christ, I fucking hate when you meow, Grumpy. Um yeah, should should we go to comments soon? What do you think? We're gonna read the well, ad here before, in a second. Uh, before before we get into the comments, I just want to comment on Greg's new book. Greg, do you have a copy of it? Of course yes. I do. Okay, I can't read I can't read it. Uh, Grumpy, don't worry, I will pull it up here for you, Grumpy. All right, pull it up. Pull it up. Is, nice. is that oh, zoomed in enough for you, Grumpy? There we go. Yeah. Now TJ do well, you hold on, look. It's six dollars <laughs> off, Grumpy Old Man. It's forty percent off. This you talk about all the fake. They've been all these fake Black Friday deals. Grumpy, it's forty percent off the book. 
Did you get a chance to uh, check out the book, uh, Grumpy? You know I did. Um, and did you th there was th there is Led Zeppelin content in it, so you have to be happy. I was happy, but of course I was disappointed with all the Iron Maiden stuff and the thrash ah. mouth. So, you know, but I expect that from you, Greg. It's okay. But now I'm a sucker once again for lists. Um, I always have been, right? I, I love lists and stuff like that. And what Greg did, uh, he he says anyway. I don't know if he's actually spoken with some of these rock acts and rock. You know, maybe just made it up and just said that he did, and then just put <laughs> his own personal bias in there, which I wouldn't put that past him. Um, but at least he's pretending that he's actually talking with some, uh, you know, some uh, some rock performers and getting their input on their personal lists on on so many different things. How many? I don't I don't know if it was chapters, but or maybe it is chapters, but it's not just, okay, we have, you know, 10 lists and we go and we're going to, we're going to devote 50 pages to 10 lists. It's not like that. It's short and sweet. And I mean, I kind of enjoy that to be honest with you. I mean, and there's so many, it's not like, okay, who is, you know, okay. Who's the greatest singer of the 60s, the greatest singer of the 70s. Greatest singer. No, it's kind of, it's an eclectic uh, mix of, uh, you know, what musicians like, who they consider favorites their influences growing up and just stuff like that. I, I found that very, very interesting. I really Is this a very good bathroom reading book, would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, shit. Is it weird that I was about to say a similar thing where it's like it's, it's perfect. Like, it's you pick it up, put it down. Perfect. It's not when you gotta take a dump, this is a perfect book for it. No <laughs> doubt about it. Even for a small one or a big one, if you're constipated, if you got diarrhea, it's okay oh. because it's short. I mean everything is short and succinct. Right. All right. Well, good. Thank you, Grumpy. Yeah. You know, I'll do it if I was going to say, if you don't mind, I like to borrow that quote about uh, the diary and I'll put that as one of the I featured. Uh... Absolutely. It's perfect. It's the truth. Grumpy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's, good. That's very well, that, but it's, it's not like war and peace. You know what I'm saying? Let's say you yes. go to bed and you start reading war and peace. It's like, okay, I came back. Uh, okay. I went, uh, you know, I, I read yesterday. I'm going to read today. It's like, where the, oh yeah, I know I have a bookmark, but I kind of, forgot a little bit some a book like that you gotta read straight through this is not one of those books you could put it down you could pick it back up it's like hey everything's brand new again so not a problem grumpy i was going to say probably your favorite or one of your favorite ones was 10 led zeppelin songs that prove robert plant is a golden god yeah it was a good one that was that a was good a good one. one what about top 10 tours in which the opener gave the headliner a run for their money see i don't remember that I, I, i'm not doubting that you're right on it but i didn't remember that they were opening for some of these other bands. Yeah, Led Zeppelin on their first ever US tour was opening for uh, Vanilla Fudge. Right, and you know, Van Halen was opening for some of my- Black Sabbath. And I'm like, I mean, man, Van Halen was so good. I know that they made Sabbath look bad back right. in the early days. I guarantee you that. Yeah, that was the last tour with Ozzy and they were uh, not at their best at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, I'd like, Greg, I have a request. I want you to do some research on the band, The Knack. Because okay. I, I consider the knack was super popular back in 1979. I, I mean, like their first album a lot. I mean, they all, I think they only made two, maybe two three. or three, but it was really just the first it was one. The that first was, was so good. And yeah. people don't, I mean, probably a lot of people don't even know the knack, right? Um, because they, you could, but I mean, my I, don't Shimona, know the knack from me. I don't know the knack. <laughs> well, I'm shocked, I'm surprised. But I mean, TJ, did you ever hear the song called My Sharona? I've heard that song, yeah. Oh, there you go. That is the knack. I, I I think that's a great album. And I know they were accused of, you know, being Beatles ripoffs. 
because mm. um, the Beatles have been, uh, what, like maybe eight years or seven years since they broke up and, you know, they were doing the power pop thing. And I, I mean, I thoroughly, I, I still have that. I have that, uh, that album now. Absolutely. Do you know who was a huge fan of the first Knack album was Kurt Cobain. Did you know that? I did not know that. Did sure. not know really? that. It is true. Yeah. Do you know who, um, uh, who, uh, Kurt, Kurt Cobain is TJ? No. I know he died. He OD'd. He was Later. the singer he was a he's singer. singer of the band Aerosmith. No, he's not. He's the singer of something else. It was definitely a much more new. It was Green Day, right? No, 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 he no, was no. The singer okay. of the band called, he, no, he was the singer of the band called Limp Biscuit. No, I know it wasn't Limp Biscuit. He's got Kurt Cobain is the singer of he was back in like the early 2000s, the, the late 90s, right? Late nineties. It was the grunge movement. Early nineties, yeah. Late eighties, early nineties. Give me a hint who he sung for. It wasn't Pearl Jam, but it was the other Seattle band. Oh fuck! That's not going to help me where they're from. Give me a hint of what the name is. The first letter of the name. No. First letter of the band name. First letter of the band name. I'll ask you for one letter. Go ahead, Greg. Give him. Give him the letter. All right. He was the singer of the band called the Four Seasons. No, he's not. That's that's it's Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Come on now. <laughs> All right. I the. the First letter of his band was N. Nirvana. That's who go. it is. Oh, there you go. There you go. I knew I knew we played for one of those bands, but I couldn't remember which one it was. Or eh. oh wait, TJ. Also, the last time I was on, you uh tried to name three Taylor Swift songs. Can you can you do that tonight or no? Shake it off. Okay. Um we'll shake it off. No, 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 it's shake it off. Um <laughs> never getting back together. And um Don't tell me. I know I've got some hints, I'm sure, somewhere in this room. Um, God, while you're, while you're doing that, you know what, Greg? Today's music sucks. Okay. I agree. And I, I'm yeah, going to tell you why. There's a little show on uh, Access TV where they do like top 10 breakdown. I love those shows. And they this week was like uh, songs that were dance crazes. And it made me think you hear those songs, they were so happy. I mean, upbeat. Today, music is it's it's just terrible. And just to prove it, the Rolling Stones just put out a new album, and they're going to go on tour. If you can believe that, close to eighty years old, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is the greatest selling album." I said, "I haven't heard the album, but I'm going to bet that it sucks compared to the classic Rolling Stones." But it just shows how bad music is when the bar is set so low that probably a grade Z album from the Rolling Stones at the age of 77, Mick Jagger, is going to be like the big album this year after Swifty. I mean, it's probably because of our ages, Grumpy, but um, if you listen to just like a radio or like a serious radio station that just plays 70s pop, I listen the, to that. the pop music from the 60s and 70s, there's, there's no comparison, me personally, to what it's like now. Like I, I could listen to 70s pop the whole day and it's good, whereas pop music today it's like sticking like a bloody pointy needle needle it's in my terrible it's, it's terrible it's everything's profanity laced tj you mm -hmm. could probably be a singer but you know it's just profanity laced even the 50s man what a happy time right. coming out of world war ii uh the country was booming rock and roll got started with uh bill haley and the comets and rock right. around the clock then elvis and just just happy songs you mean i mean it was fan i mean just Excellent, excellent stuff. And now it's like, yikes, bad. Uh, TJ, did you ever come up with the third Taylor Swift song? I had to cheat. I couldn't think. I really couldn't. I was trying. I was like, There's what? Shocker. Her songs. 
and the thing is, the lovely page listens to all of them. That's all she listens to is Taylor Swift music. But it's like when it's on, it's just kind of like in one ear out the other for me. So I had to cheat. But yes, now I can name. I was like, oh yeah, I yeah. know these songs. I know them all. Blank Space is a song. Oh, I there you go. About Crimson something that there was a song of. I don't know. She listens to a lot of them. It's in one ear out the other. It's just kind of all just like meshes together. All right. Well, Grumpy, Grumpy, I think you have to be somewhat proud of TJ that he was able to name three Taylor Swift songs, right? No. Two without cheating, Grump. No. Uh, <laughs> I, they, they, they asked me to Again, name. This is, here's thing. I'm not giving a participation trophy away to DJ. It's just not happening. She's. Oh, wait. Now, something I forgot to ask you guys, too, is now, is it right or wrong of me that I think I, I'm not going to even bother watching the, uh, the uh, hockey game tomorrow after what happened? Last night, I just kind of oh, killed I think it. You definitely watch. I'll watch. Now, I'll, I'll watch just because I think, like, oh, maybe there's a chance, but I'll probably be disappointed. So you're uh, saying it just, totally, it just totally took the wind out of my sails last night. I, I don't know why. The, the, the loss last night just really affected me. Maybe because I've just been tortured by the Mets and Jets this year that I was, you know, I, you know what's funny is it was like the second period. I'm like, wow, you know, the Islanders are actually giving me some like much needed relief. You know, they, 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 they look good. This could be the first team the time they're going to beat a team that was in the playoffs last year. Just win this game and I, it'll get rid of the bad taste on my mouth from the Mets horrible season and the Jets complete debacle. And then what do they do? Lay an egg. They go ahead and they go and shit bad there. Just not and, good and, oh, what there you up? go. Now, one of the book grumpy that now, now Greg had to make some amendments. He, I did. I did have to update this one. <laughs> I was about to say, you know, the, 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 the top 100 debacles of the New York jets, uh, you know, I mean, sh man, every, every single few, every single few years, you could go ahead and update this with much, much worse debacles that pop up all the time. But I always like how the picture, if you look a little closer, Updated, expanded, torn Achilles tendon edition. <laughs> but if you see Grumpy, and I don't think I, maybe good way to last good, time, way, good way for Greg to juice sales by adding that. It's it's the helmet on the butt for the butt fumble there on the pitch. yes. You like that, Grumpy? I did like that. Yeah. So you've got you've got the updated version of the Jets, the debacle of the Jets. Oh man. I have, I have a friend who told me, "Too bad you didn't wait till the end of this season because of the." Uh, Hail Mary last uh, last or oh, it was Friday the game that that could have been added to oh, this my God, uh, yeah. Yeah. this book <laughs> yeah my God Jets, the Jets do Jets things uh, they do and one I will say before we get to our ad read here and start jumping to comments one that I think all Islander fans would in. now it's the dynasty the oh, yes. history of the, the New York Islanders from 1972 to 1984. This is the first book we talked about with Greg there on the show. And, and I'll tell you this here too. Um, it, it, it does a great job and, and grumpy and, and Greg interrupt me if there's anything you want to add to this too, but it does a great job of, of allowing the people who were involved with the situation to, to, to tell exactly what their experiences were without altering, putting a spin on it or anything like that. Just simply questions and answers there on that. And uh, it, it's a great style there. And I know you really enjoyed that book, Grumpy. A great Christmas gift, a great Christmas gift as well. Yeah, for Islander fans of the glory years and even Islander fans who weren't old enough to know any of the, the glory years, this is what hockey was about. And I, I, the thing I like particularly about that book, and I know we've talked about it before, how Greg gave uh, the people that he interviewed 
uh, some air to breathe uh, mm. in their responses. You know, it wasn't he just taking like a little clip here and there. He, you know, and, and that's good. You get to see how people really feel. You let them talk a little bit and more stuff comes out. I like I said, I, I think that's an excellent book. Thank you. TJ, I was going to say, if you could scroll down a little bit, you'd be very impressed who one of the featured interview, uh, excuse me, featured reviews are. Take a look. Keep going down. Look at the last oh, one. Oh, Grumpy. <laughs> you see that, Grumpy? Grumpy, hold on. Do you see this down here? Let's yeah, see read that. Read that. Go grumpy. This is the grumpy old man. He says, <laughs> the best book ever written about the New York Islanders. The first person recollection of players and management give a unique insight into the Islanders dynasty, both on and off the ice. Greg Prado's research is truly exceptional. I cannot recommend this book highly enough, not just for Islander fans, but for sports fans of all ages, the grumpy old man, grumpy, you've made it. I, I lied about one thing I, because uh, Greg Prado's research is truly exceptional. <laughs> you know, the more I thought about it, all he did was ask questions and they asked. Oh, grumpy. Oh, that, all, true. all true. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and jump here now into our ad read today. Do we have um, one or two today? Two still, grumpy old man. Okay, which one's going to be first? It's going to be DraftKings. Okay. DraftKings, grumpy old man. You screwed that up last time. Go ahead. How did I screw it up last time? You read you read the uh, Raycom one first and then DraftKings. Maybe I just wanted to read the Raycom one first. Don't do that. You know what? I have, to, I have to document the ads. And when you start flip-flopping on me, it makes it more difficult for me. Just, our, just first, our first ads from Raycom. No, okay. It's going to be from DraftKings. Okay, grumpy old man. Right. Um but bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, we've mentioned before all the great things that you can do through DraftKings. You can go do same game parlays. Andy Francis does a killing doing that type of stuff. You know, you can always take the bet. Hey, Anders Lee's not going to score a goal. You add that into, well, the Islanders are playing the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm betting the Islanders are losing tomorrow. You go ahead and add a whole bunch of these same game parlays up. Build up your payout and put your sports knowledge to the test. But download the app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on, on the NHL. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, if you have a gambling problem, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, Help is available if you have a problem by calling uh, 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Must be 21 years or older, but but age varies by jurisdiction. It's void in Ontario. Uh, bonus bets expire again 168 hours after issuance. Visit dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Um, so, yes. DraftKings, put your knowledge to the test. And we've got a we've got an ad today to read, Grumpy, from your favorite Grump, Raycon. Now, Ray, Raycon wants to say first off, season's greetings, happy holidays, you know, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas to all of the Islanders. Never say die. 
podcast listeners. Um, and hey, I know it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now before the crowds and pack calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can go ahead and get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. Black Friday was last week, but you could still get them early, right? Um, you can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because the early Black Friday sale is still going on now. Um, you heard me talk about Raycon's products before, the great headphones that fit with the great customizable gel tips, the tap functionality, all the good stuff. You've heard me talk about Raycon before. But Raycon first made its name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. You know, we talk about there that Raycon Home, it's it's a five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable that allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with a 100-watt power delivery. So you don't have to be sitting around waiting for everything to charge for hours before you go out there and get your shopping done. You do you do a little bit to the gym. You go head to family for the holidays. Easy and quick charging. But Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. And it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everybody in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything in their site with the select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. And trust me, you don't want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. Again, that's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Nice. Ooh, we got it. We got it, guys. Um, Wait, so TJ, that proves that you can read well. You just just read that whole thing fine, I just realized. Just not think, just read. Um, Ah, because... (laughs) Whenever I come on, I always tell you that you have a very nice speaking voice. You could be a sportscaster or something like that, but you always say the reading thing is a problem, but you just read fine. So it's it's lucky. Every probably you know the, the was that probably, mem- probably memorized it. I have been reading that ad for about or they, have, or they have somebody speaking into his ear so he can just repeat it. That's why I've got the headphones on. <laughs> Rick Roma says that league contract is aging <laughs> like a fine milk. <laughs> Knew that the day it was signed. You want to which other ones aren't going to be worth the uh, the ink on the paper they were written? How about Varlamov? How about Mayfield? How about oh, Engvall? How about Pelic? How about Pulak? Hmm. So none of those are going to age well. Probably not Bo Horvat either. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bo Horvat's won't age well. But right now he's offering, you know, around yeah. what he's getting paid. Do, do you remember um, TJ? You remember TJ when I said I wanted with the Horvat deal? I said, you know what? Bring in, but bring in Brock Besser too. I want both we guys. Both, we both mentioned Brock Besser. Why not throw another guy in? And we had we had guests on this show. People tell us how bad Brock Besser was. No, I don't want Brock Besser. Brock Besser, Brock Besser. I can't remember the exact verbiage, but Brock Besser verifiably stinks. He sucks. He's not good, Brock Besser. But yep. a lot of people said not big fans of Brock Besser. I like Brock Besser leads That's- or was tied for the NHL lead in goals. That's why people come to this po- or should come to this podcast because guess what? Everything that I say comes true. Everything. I tell you. Phil's a- going to be off Twitter. How Fuck great it. would it have been if the Islanders had two players with the first name Brock? 
Well, maybe we could have gotten rid of it. maybe we could have gotten rid of Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I tell you, yeah, Brock Besser is playing really well. Um, you know, who would no rather Brock, that. who would you rather have Brock Besser or Pierre Engvall? Uh, can I take Brock Besser in a contract season for one hundred dollars, please? Yeah. All right. I mean, that's, that'd be typical. Rick Roma says here Lee got rocked by Smith, then rocked again by Smith, then beat up and bloodied by Smith, <laughs> and skates to the bench and gets the team pumped up. Yeah, that's not how that works. The devil scored a minute later. It just yep. got, you know what? It, it got the devils fired up. He got the yeah. shit kicked out of him, bloodied on the eye. He just didn't. That's a clean check. That's a clean, open ice check. He's like this. <laughs> lit up. Oh, no. clean check. He didn't like it. Didn't like it. Grow up. Yeah, definitely. Everyone says not enough people are talking about how awful Pulak is. Well, we just already did today. You think Romanov's lost. Pulak is horrendous. They're both sucky. Yeah. He just skates where he feels, and he had half of an empty net last night and tried to pass it. Here's the problem. Anyone who plays with Romanov always is going to look bad because they have to compensate for him not being uh, positionally aware. Period. Period. End of sentence. End of story. This kid has not grown as a player at all since he came here. Not at all. He's always out of position, and whoever his partner is is going to look like dog shit because they have to cover up. Last year was Dobson. This year it's Pulak. Yep. I was about to say, I'm going to give Pulak the same exact benefit of the doubt I gave Dobson last year. I think Pulak, he plays better with Pelik. I think Pelik's the best of the defensive defensemen. He's probably better defensive defenseman than Pulak. But, man, Romanoff is just, he's like hes like playing mites hockey. He just kind of follows the puck around. He doesn't know his position. He doesn't. And I love how people are like, hey, that's coaching. Shit, man. These guys have been playing hockey their entire life. He's been a professional. I consider now Romanoff almost a veteran in the league, right? Been in the league for four years. And would you four years? That's borderline veteran, NHL veteran, right? You no longer get yeah. the, the, the category for me as being a young guy, no. I agree. You listen to us, Grumpy? You <laughs> watching TV. What's going on, man? I'm okay, asking you I'm a question. Watching TV, you just go on so long that I lose track of what you start saying. <laughs> I said Romanoff has been in the league long enough, like four years now, where I consider him a vet, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. So then Dobson is the only uh, redeeming uh, defenseman the Islanders have? In my opinion, that's yeah. certain. There's a reason why he's playing 25, you know, 26, 28 minutes a night. He's the only guy to trust. He's, he's been really good this year, offensively and defensively. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, I mean, Romanoff should know how to play the position by now. He should know where he needs to be. He's been in the system now. This is year number two. The amount of rope I give him continues to get tightened and tightened. Um, but here you go. Declan as well, Grumpy. You have to find the clip of a two-on-two, -two and Pulak leaves, uh, just leaves his guy and him, and Romanoff are doubling, almost leading to a goal. Yeah. Oh, God, there's another one, too. Well, that was not the one we just showed at the end, but, man, if somebody sends that to me, we'll show it. Drew says here, I'm interested to hear Greg's takes on how shit this Islanders team is uh, and if we would be 8-13 and 13 without overtime. Yeah, I mean, we talked about I, – I, I don't know <laughs> – I'm just totally befuddled. I mean, the thing is, you know, I was thinking, which is kind of funny too, is I, on one of my earlier appearances, I explained that the way I discovered the show originally, it was uh, during the Trotz's last year, which was a very, very disappointing season. And I was so disappointed and so frustrated. 
I think I did a search for like uh, Islanders disappointment or something, and I came across this podcast. <laughs> and, I love it. And then I started watching it. I really became a fan of it. And it's and it's interesting that now I'm on the night after a horrible Islanders loss as well. So it just kind of has come full uh, circle, you could say. Maybe you should have Islanders reality. I bet we're right. Islanders reality. I could do that. If, if people are looking for Islanders vent sesh disappointment, yeah. Islanders Islanders disappointment. this is the podcast for you. It absolutely <laughs> is. Um, Declan, grumpy old man. But honestly, it was all night. Then on the game winner, he was skating in circles again, aimlessly screening Sorokin, skating towards the point, allowing the guy alone in front of the goal. I don't know who he's talking about. He's talking about Pulak or, or Romanov. They were both bad. The oh, thing I said good. earlier, too, is whenever the Islanders give up a goal, I mean, this is probably the same with, like, most teams, but whenever they show the replay, you'll always see all the Islanders are totally out of position. No one's And, and you hear what's-his-name say this from time to time, goring, like, who's covering who? And you'll see it just random players all over the place. Like what, what this gentleman just said, there will be two guys covering one guy, two guys wide open, people screening Sorokin. It just... I mean, is, is that practice or is that coaching? Grumpy, what do you think? I, 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 It's like these guys forgot how to play. Yeah, I know. It's just like the, there's at least a few times each Islanders game where it just it looks like they were never – that they're, they're brand new to the game of hockey, that they don't know what position to be in, what who they should be covering. I, I don't know. I think some of the new players that have come in are not – they don't know the system. And once again, I just think the fact that – there we're an older team and when you don't have the juice in the legs anymore you're going to look bad you wind up just chasing or standing around because you can't do anything else and i feel that's where we are a lot of time the bad thing is if that's the case we're a team that's an old team that has a lot of those older guys tied to long-term deals and i love how people are like oh next year we're going to be so much younger because matt martin's going to be off the team cal clutterbuck's going to be gone we're going to get so much younger well, here's the thing. What? Our fourth line being old is not the problem. That's not where the, that's not where the problem lies. It's with all of the players we expect to produce. Your Brock Nelsons, your Kyle Palmieri's, your Jean Gabriel Pajot's. Atop the body, your forwards aren't good enough, and everybody is old in that forward group. They're not spring chicken. They're not going to be improving their game. They are what they are at this point. Something sure. we can touch upon too is that Clutterbuck played in his 1,000th game the other night. Uh, you know. <laughs> good for him good for him i mean seriously battling through all those injuries that he has throughout his career and he doesn't play a soft style so i was gonna nice. say it's uh, definitely impressive how he plays so hard to have made it to a thousand games yeah so for a guy like that um kudos to him tj would you want to stand up and possibly salute cal uh, clutterbuck or you don't want to do it i'm wondering if grumpy if grumpy does you want to stand up and salute cal, cal clutterbuck no Okay. I just gave him a rousing endorsement. I don't need to stand up. Oh, I will not salute Cal Clutterbuck. Happy he made it to a thousand, but uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Your time here is done. <laughs> Drew, Drew, says, says, Drew says, Islanders, Islanders fans are so desperate for Lane Lambert to get fired. They're praying Lou gets the guy uh, from Minnesota who they just fired. LOL, we all know Lou is sticking with Lane. I, I, I could see him letting Lane go, but who's he going to hire? It's probably going to be somebody on the staff already. I, I heard, and now this is this is a take from some Islander fans, that the reason Lou might not want to fire Lane Lambert is because of pride. He picked Lane Lambert. He wants to see Lane Lambert succeed. 
The only thing I'll say that's a fallacy with that thought process, this is the same guy who would can coaches pretty much on a month-by-month basis if he didn't like what they were doing back in the Jersey days. This is a guy who's not married to any one particular candidate, at least hasn't shown that in his past being being a general manager. I don't think he's changed now where he's like, hey, I'm very prideful and I wasn't beforehand, where now I've got to make sure all the players stick in the same spot. And I, I can't I can't get rid of a head coach if I don't like the production. I don't see I don't see that as being the case. I don't see that as being the case. He has carte blanche with this team. He can do whatever he wants. I mean, ownership has given him that. So I don't think it matters to him at all. Like I said, if he was serious about changing coaches when he let Trotz go, why didn't he look outside of the dressing room? Took him less, I think, 10 days to find a new coach. Is that enough time to conduct a, a full investigation for outside potential potential possibilities there for head coach 10 days? No. Probably not. I feel bad for Lane Lambert because he's not allowed to get his own assistance. He was. That's quite I mean, obvious. I mean, it was Lane. Lane uh, Lou just picked everybody. You're just you're just there. And why? Because what did he say? They kind of tuned Barry out, but they're listening to Lane, you know. Well, you know what? It's at some point in time, it's not the coach, right? It's the right. players. But Grumpy, are there any, and also TJ, are there any guys out there you think that would do a better job coaching the Islanders, guys that are available someplace? I think there's a possibility that you could find guys who would be who, who could do a better job. But would they want to come here? Hmm. The team is on the downward spiral. You'll have no say in anything because Lamarillo is just the king. You know, I mean, the emperor wears what uh, the emperor wears new clothes, whatever. You know, remember that book or that fable? I mean, everyone's scared to say what they feel about him, and I, I just think that that's the case. He likes to hire little puppets so he can still, you know, godfathered from above. What if they offer a potential hire that they don't have to pay the fifty dollar fee to park at uh, the uh, beautiful uh, UBS Arena? No, I don't think that'll have anything to do with it. No. I don't. I think. I think they're okay with that. But I mean, it, it, if you're Joe Quinville, would you come here? No. I know. We. I know he was great with Chicago, great with uh, Florida. This is a different situation. Florida was young. This is an old team. Mm-hmm. This is an old team with so many long-term deals with no trade clauses or no move clauses. I think. And Grumpy, would you welcome Quinville coming to the Islanders? Absolutely. Got to get rid of the old man too, though. You do you don't think that? I mean, there's no possibility that Lamarillo is going to bring in Quinville because it usurps some of his power because he's that good as a coach. I, 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 think? I think, I think a new coach helps. I don't think we're going to, I, I think it's going to be after if they do, man, if you lose the next two games, that's pretty much a must, right? If you lose against Carolina, you lose against Florida, you got to fire Lane Lambert because, you know, I know the fans have a hardcore, how do we cope with what we're seeing right now? I can't tell you from Phil yesterday, we were hearing, well, hey, before last night's loss, we were on a six-game point streak. <laughs> you know, call me crazy. That's We had three wins and three losses, albeit three of them were in overtime, but I'm like still three and three. We're still losing games. Against if, they didn't blow all, if they didn't blow all those third-period leads, they'd be what, like one of the top records in all of hockey? So, I mean, that means I'm absolutely not- nothing. Yeah. Another thing we're seeing a lot of, hey, the Islanders are leading most games. They have the most time spent leading in the yeah. NHL or something. They're just not winning games. Well, shit, not winning. The yeah. problem is that they're only they're not leading at the most important time, which is the end of the game. Yeah, I know. That's the only thing that matters. Doesn't matter all these other nice little statistics and all these nice little these analytics numbers. Are you winning games? That's it. And right. we're not. 
Um, new coach will help as to who will get. I think Grumpy brings up a good point. What coach is going to say, let me sign up for this? Because if I'm a coach and I'm like, I'm a self-respecting coach, I'm not going to say, let me sign up for this job here where the team has the last two seasons has two postseason victories. They're out of a postseason spot here, and I won't have any autonomy to control my my special teams coach, my goaltending. I won't have the ability to control any of my coaches. I'm just going to be plopped here, and he's going to tell me, work within the confines of what I create for you. I cannot imagine that being a very appealing job. You know what's funny is I actually forgot the Islanders won two games against the Canes. I thought it was just one game, but now I think about it. Yeah, it was it was uh, two games mm-hmm. yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, in the that playoffs. Was, I mean, yeah. yeah, when they were missing three of their top six forwards and playing with a backup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, other than that, it was really fair. And also and the the Islanders, that, was, that was the Islanders' full full team. Couldn't and also play. the Canes. Uh, I believe the Canes goalie stunk as well, but the Islanders couldn't couldn't really get to him. Yeah, yeah. and it's not any shot they put on net went and went behind Ronton. Yeah. That's for certain. Matthew, I see you, uh, I, Just one, one more thing. We'll, we'll read this. Uh, we'll read it, Matthew. Uh, good evening, gents. Hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. This team is embarrassing. Same to you, Matthew. Same to everyone who listens to the show. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And I wouldn't say the team is embarrassing. I'm just going to say that they're they're all what we said they are. This Mediocre is, at best. This, yeah, that's that's what they are. They are what they are. They're not embarrassing. They just, I mean, they try hard, but they're just they're just not that good. Which is very maddening that they were so close in these games. You know, I, I, I could understand if they were getting blown out, but to be so close, yeah. That's what happens. That's what happens when you're a mediocre team. Right. Good teams win. Good teams find ways to win those games. Bad right. teams find ways to lose them. I just want to touch uh, who the Islanders could get as next coach. Some young guy. Some young up-and-comer up who's just looking for a, his first shot, kind of like Milbury did with LaViolette all those years ago. That's the type of guy that I think would come here I don't know if it would work. Remember that this 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 cul-de-sac crew, they're firmly entrenched in this organization. So I think the biggest thing is get rid of some players. What if they get a, a coach that has balls and like sits guys who aren't performing well and guys that commit stupid penalties? I mean, w- w- wouldn't that possibly send a message? I'd be so on board for that, but like what type of, I wonder if Lou would allow something like that for a guy to come in. Cause I'm like, Lou is a guy where I imagine like, he he would be like, what type of power trip is this guy? I think he's on. I run everything. Everything goes through me. True. So, um, goon goon grumpy. God, I admire you, Greg. I wish I was more like you. Oh, wow. Thank you. What a sad comment. It sounds like goon goon needs some professional help. Um, and then he says here, John Smith, grumpy old man. At this point, I'd rather them not even win another game all season, need to draft some real talent. Yeah, me too. I would trade whatever I could trade. Who has value to trade? I'd move everybody. Everybody. There are players who have value on this team. You can move players. We're not going to. Dobson. You could move Romanoff. I don't know what his value is. But what about Palmieri? You can move Nelson. He still has value. Palmieri. Does he have a no trade still? Modified, I believe. Okay. But, I mean, those are the type of guys. you. I think you get a lot for Brock Nelson. He's got yeah. one year left on his deal making like $6 million a year. I mean, and he's absolutely resurrected his career since Trotz come, come there, right? He yeah. has a lot of value to teams as a number two center. And he's got one more year. Think about it. One more year for a guy who's going to be a number two center making $6 million a year. But I, we're not going to do that. We're going to be a team that's going to be right on the cusp, if not maybe on the outside looking in, maybe on the inside. We're going to add to this team at the deadline. Freaking mark it down now. 
and we're all going to be crying. Uh, goon, goon, grumpy. You read this one, TJ. Uh, what will happen first? The Islanders beat a playoff team from last year, or TJ correctly pounce, pronounces the word shlemiel. Say it again. Shlemiel. You like that one, Grumpy? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Say, say it again. Say it one more time. Shlemiel. Shlemiel. That's close. Shlemiel. It's shlemiel. Not shlemiel. Shlemiel. Grumpy again. I don't speak Yiddish. You know how shlemiel. often they do that on a day? But you've seen that word about... 15 times on this show, and you still can't get it right until you pronounce it four or five times. Schlemiel. You Frank, like that one? Frank K says, this team is a shit show. No goalie can bail out this defense. I understand Lou effed up the roster, but Lane has zero clue how to adjust in-game. His speeches are parroting weight. Horrible. I, we're just a bad team right now. And I told you two years ago, I said, that's the end for this team. Over. Start getting rid of guys now. But he went the opposite direction. If he would have been smart and listened to me, he'd already could have. This team could already be on the rebound. We're a long way from being a good team. A long way. What if the Islanders bring back Jack Happywana? <sighs> yeah, Grumpy. Back Jack Happy. Uh, Drew L says hello, Grumpy. Glad to see you're doing better. Thank you, Drew. JP said, "Gentlemen, good evening. What's up, JP? How are you?" Rick Roma says here, Lou is trying to get the door off. The Islanders, Devils, and the Leafs and Stars are the four teams involved. He is a rental. So Lou is about to do some more stupid shit. I edited my curse because I'm a gentleman. He's about to do some more stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You could have used the word poop. Okay. Beauty. I don't know if that's still what they're looking at uh, for Zadorov, or maybe he's just happy with Mike Riley. I don't know. But, you know, what are you going to do when Pella comes back? How many defensemen? It, it, it's not the, with the exception of Romoff, it's not necessarily the defenseman. It's a team thing. Get it's ready. We team. are giving up our first round pick, though. If we're not so far out of a playoff spot and we can squint at it and say maybe we make it, he is going to be trading away our, our first round pick. Book it now. Okay. Another year without a first round pick. Okay. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick, C. Nick C says, I know TJ is going to say it's Lou, and it is, but Lane obviously has no answers to fix the, fix the issues with the team, and it shows during his pressers and in game. You know, Barry Trotz sounded the same way at the end of his tenure. Same way. You Grasping at straws. You can't get blood out of a turnip. I, I, I just, I wish, you know what I wish you come out and says, you know what? We got a whole lot of passengers on this team, starting with the freaking captain. How about Pierre Engvall? That's zero. There's a lot of guys who do nothing on this team. A lot. It's. I remember how we always talked about how strong the culture was here. Now I think it's in the wrong direction. It's strong, but it's in a lazy, laissez-faire type of culture, and that's the worst culture to have. Fat cats, and the king fat cat is Anders Lee. <laughs> king fat cat. Oh man. Um. Yeah, I do think that he needs to be fired. Lane. Lane is. Lane looks helpless again. He's. He's continuing just to find a solution, trying to trying to mix and match without finding successfully finding a solution. Hard to stay employed. You look just lost. Yeah, but they're two one and one over the last four games. Hey, you know what? Hey, Grumpy, we're getting a lot of loser points. Those count just the same, Grump. Big um, D says, Grumpy, glad you're feeling better. TJ, Greg, and Sun X, how are you guys doing tonight? I already know the answer, but do you think Lou should trade for Besser? Besser's out of their range now. They could have got him last year. If he, was, if he was smart and listened to the grumpy old man, which of course he doesn't, 
That's why he's in this boat that he's in right now with holes poking out and shit. He's in the middle of the ocean with damn cracks in the hull, and he's going down slowly but surely. I wanted a Besser to be part of that deal. Absolutely. You could have had him for nothing last year. Now you're going to pay for him. So maybe okay. this is – hold on. Maybe this is a Lou Lamarillo special. You could get somebody on the cheap, but no, I'm going to wait till he has maximum value, getting mm -hmm. ready for a contract year, and I'm going to pay an arm and a leg and then overpay him and then watch him sink back to the levels that he's played his whole career. Oh, man. Um, podcast reminder, fire Lou Lamarillo immediately. Um, John Smith, no. don't look for us right at eight. Good one, TJ. <laughs> Greg Frost here, Crump. Who the hell wants to watch them? They suck. But with Goring and Shannon Hogan, it's not watchable. I can't watch. I was about to say, I don't watch Shannon's, any. Shannon's a nice lady. Um, that's all I'll say. I don't have any complaints about her. I just can't listen. But I like Butch, but I'm like, he just. I like Butch too. I like Butch too. It just, he does his job. He does his job as the the team's color analyst. He does. He's pro team. Period. That's what he does. That's what all, all all analysts are like. That Drew said, "TJ, you call X magnificent, but you treat him like he's a peasant." That's true. <laughs> Can you imagine who is starring the comments for us tonight, Grumpy? Uh, David John McDonald. Grumpy old man, glad to see your grumpy face. I missed the last pod. So did I. <laughs> you were on the last one last Wednesday. I can't. Uh, Matthew C said, "Fire Lou Chance need to be very loud. Absolutely, absolutely." Then Casey, then Casey Zekas can come out and browbeat the fans because you know <laughs> it's not like they pay his salary or anything. So we can browbeat them how wrong they are. Yeah, well, look at the standings. Let me how are you doing? How are you doing, Casey Zekas? What are your numbers this year? Let me ask you this, Greg. We didn't even ask you about that. What did you think about the whole Casey Zekas situation? Yeah, I could, I could see him as a player wanting to stand up for his coach, but uh, I mean, it's totally. I think the the Islanders fans are right for calling for him to be fired because like we were saying before, I think it's deserved. And I think if it happens, it would definitely, it would possibly jumpstart the team again. Like what Grumpy said before, it depends on if the new coach or new potential coach would be allowed to sit people that are under underperforming or put new guys in, but who the hell is he going to put in? I mean, there's not anyone coming up from the minors or inside. There's nobody. Just maybe the like an, an injection of new blood may uh, jumpstart the team is the only thing I could think of. There unfortunately won't be. Oh man, if a guy were to come in, could you imagine how calamitous it would be if a new coach gets brought on? He said, "Hey, Anders, you're you're finding the freaking bench game one or game two. Yeah. I don't like would you, you know what I mean? Like, I would love for something like that to happen, but I just like it would take it would take." I'd say months or a few weeks to be like, okay, we're going to, we can make a move like that. Cause the first few weeks are just kind of like, let's see what we've got. Mm. Get the new coach bounce, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just a uh, bad spot. Rick Roma said, Bozo the clown. No, we, no, no. It says Bonzo, the clown, Bonzo, the clown. TJ is a character. Is a character. It's it. Bozo is the clown's name. You said Bonzo, the clown. <laughs> You he write to pop. pop says Laminites keep blaming Lane. Lou's handpicked coach. Why are Laminites so brainwashed and fail to see Lou as a major failure? I'm going to tell you why. Because Lou Lamarillo brought the Islanders the only success that they've had, what, in the last 20 years? Sustained success for a couple of years? Sure. The best, probably the young fans, the older fans, remember, but the young fans, they don't know anything but losing. 
So that was like the high point for them. I keep on saying it over and over again. And that's, I feel bad for them. I do because they don't know what winning is, but to just double down on suck and age like this guy, get rid of him, get rid of him. I don't care. He's however old he is, just unload him. He's got plenty. I hate to keep bringing up the jets, but I was watching the game last, the last game. And like, I'm seeing teenagers in the audience. I'm like, who in their right mind would have at this point chosen to root for the jets. And they haven't made the playoffs in the last 13 years. At least the Islanders have, you know, shown something in the last few years. Who, who would pick the Jets and go to a Jets game and be so into it with, with those? Had to raise a Jets fan, I feel like, at that Yeah, point. you raise a Jets fan. That's it. Yep. And it's like you got, you, got, you, got, you got brought into the suck. David Sean McDonald says, I think Rosner kicked me out of his Twitter cast last night. I was disagreeing with his podcast partner. Oh, well. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew West says, Greg, that shirt is awful. Get a different one. Well, Matt, the good news is once the holiday season is over, I'll definitely put it in the back of my uh, closet for you. He'll wear it next year. Um, Coach Tommy B, grumpy old man, he says here, hello, gents. Welcome back, grumpy old man. Hope you're feeling better. Thank you. And then JP Grump. Uh, and grumpy, why are you bashing Noel? LOL, you're trying to goad me. I didn't blast Chuck Noel. <laughs> I said he wasn't a really good coach. He got good players. Remember, when he went to Pittsburgh, they were terrible the first couple of years there. Then he winds up getting Mean Joe Green and Terry Bradshaw. And, you know, back there was no salary cap back then. Their front office, their uh, college recruiting staff was tremendous. People I mean, forget that weren't the Steelers horrible for like 50 years? It wasn't until the 70s that they became the great team. Yeah, they were doormats throughout the league. Noel comes in. And, of course, the guys drafting the players. Think about Stallworth, Lynn Swan. Uh, I don't Harris. think they I don't think Marco Harris, Marco Harris, Franco Harris. Okay. I don't, I don't think Marco they drafted. Harris, Rocky. I don't, that's what my mom used to call it. Marco Harris should drive me crazy. Um, I don't think they drafted Rocky Blair. I think he was a free agent, but the offensive line, Mike Webster. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they were tremendous. And then the defensive four, like I said, Greenwood Holmes green. And I forget who the, who the fourth guy is Mel Blunt at the, uh, you know, playing cornerback. They were really freaking good. And without free agency, tremendous, right? Then they start losing. He, you know, they, they lose those guys. And they've only had three coaches, like, in the last 53 yeah. years. Think Compared about to that. the Jets, the Jets have had, what, like 20-something? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Coaching won't change this dumpster fire. It's coaching and the players. It's David the players. Jones. It's the players. You've had, you had a Hall of Fame coach, and the players tuned them out. Tuned them out. And they had some success. Tuned them out. And then you got the other guy, Lane Lambert, in there. And, you know, he they were listening to him for a while. And then they started tuning him out, too. It's the players. Got to get rid of the players. At some point in time, you got to lay the feet down on the players. Yep. Nick C says, I may start boycotting this team unless Lane is fired or something changes. No accountability. Don't go to games or watch on TV. A lot of money comes from TV sponsors. So to hurt their pockets, don't watch. I agree. Now, here's the thing. We've been, we've been saying this for how many years? that there's no accountability for this group because there isn't. Now people are starting to come around. Oh man, grumpy old man, TJ, they've been saying this shit for years. Maybe I should listen to them more often. You should. Something we have to give TJ credit. He, from the get-go said that the Romanov acquisition was uh, it was a total uh, blunder. So I, 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 I think we owe that. TJ a big, big round of applause. I, I don't remember. I don't think that's the case. TJ, you don't have that clip, do you? 
I don't have that clipped, but um, I do remember saying some very choice words about that Alexander. Oh, wait, wait, TJ, you know what would also be very appropriate? Can you please play the drunken Joe Namath? Because we could make that for talking about with the, with the, whole, the team struggling. There you go. That, that, that could also apply to the, to the Islanders as well, right? Can I just say something? Think about it now. Joe Namath was three sheets to win, and he said the word struggling perfectly with all the – I mean, everything. It's like you know, it's not struggling or struggling, or blah, 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 nothing like that. Struggling. I mean, he got it right, man. He hit every single syllable of that word. Good job, Joe Namath. Now, uh, what do you guys think of the whole theory that there is a curse of Namath that it's going to take Joe Namath dying for the Jets to finally be good? I don't think so. I think his, he's going to be long dead before they win it. <laughs> TJ? Really? You don't think they have a chance to win next year? I don't know. I think they know with those goofballs. They just find ways to lose. They need offensive linemen. They yeah. need offensive linemen. David P. says we need a new organization overhaul. 100%. Yep. All on the same page there. Drew L. Grumpy old Alders man. Twitter decided to just poop on Vladimir Tarasenko for no reason. Meanwhile, he's got more points than any of our top six players. And now here's the thing. The contract that Ottawa signed him to was a great deal. I mean, what is it? One year for what? $3 million, something like that. TJ, can you look that up, please? Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know what? here's the thing. If Lamarilla wanted him, he probably would have given him a five-year deal at 10 million per or 8 million per. See, that's the difference. Ottawa just one year deal, take it or leave it. I mean, that's the way it is. It wasn't a big market for him. Those are the type of those are the type of players that Lamarillo should be going after. One year, five million. That's talk about bargain, right? People early on were like, "Oh yeah, Tarasenko sucks. Oh, that kind of that's going to age so poorly for him." You got to give it more. Just like you got to give our our players more than a few games. Got to watch them a little bit. Same exact thing with a guy coming to a new damn team like Vladimir Tarasenko did. So, yeah, Tommy B says here, seven games blowing a two-goal lead out of 21 is unheard of. It is a disgrace. I agree. It's not, it's not good. Not now, good. will last night's loss come back to haunt them? No. They're not going to be, like, out of it by, like, one point at the end or nothing like that? No? Nope. Because, you know they'll, what, they'll get some they'll get some lucky points away, uh, you know, so, this year, too. So it doesn't really matter. So, Grumpy, you're still confident that they, that they will squeak into the playoffs, or you're not confident no. with that? No. no, I'm all in them not making the playoffs just to get Phil Phil's facts <laughs> off of Twitter. TJ, what do you think? Do they do they squeak in or they don't? Oh man, they've got to really make some change sooner rather than later if they want to. I'm still siding maybe about forty five percent chance they make it in. Fifty five, they don't. So slightly leaning towards no, they don't make the postseason. I say get rid of Lane Lambert soon. They have a chance. If not, then it's going to be uh, they're going to look back on losses last night and say, oh, if we only just won that one game. That's How things happen. could have been different. Yeah. Matthew S. Grumpy. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. Matthew S. says, guys, I'm in desperate need of therapy. I very well could have popped a blood vessel after that last night. <laughs> I suggest you go to the hospital and get that thing taken care of. Is it weird that even though we wound up losing last night, I wasn't really – like frustrated yelling at the TV screen. I was more of like typical, fucking typical. I'm already at the point now where I'm like, I kind of expect it kind of like, I'm not surprised by the disappointment. And I'm like, man, it's a really shitty spot to be in 21 games already in the season. We're I'm just, yeah. It, it just totally saw like I was actually enjoying the game for the first two periods. And that last period, just after what I've had to endure, like I said earlier with the Mets and jets this year. Now uh, the game last night, I think, 
I think I may have to just take a game break from the Islanders or maybe a two game break. And this I'll is just, a good I'll, game to take that break against. I'll say. Yeah, I was going to say the next two games are good, two good games. Maybe I'll do some reading or something. It's unfortunate. Wait, 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 Grumpy. Maybe I'll get the head start on the uh, book we're going to start working on about your life. Oh, well, that's cool. That's going to be like a novel. <laughs> biography, the Grumpfield Man biography. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, unfortunately, we can't do that because of the show. We have to watch every game. We have to suffer through. Yes. <laughs> but think about it, right? We're at the quarter pole. So let's say, what are the Islanders going to have? Like 88 points at the end of the year? That's not good enough to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be the same exact situation as uh, last year, I think. Yeah, the one the one caveat is teams like the Devils are struggling right now. Pittsburgh is right there. We're all kind of bunched up. I think Pittsburgh is going to make playoffs. The Rangers are absolutely making playoffs. The Rangers, the Rangers always look great during the regular season and then suck in the playoffs. So I, I'm not that impressed with the Rangers yet. You know, they've been missing Philip Hedel for almost I'd say a month now and they had he's now been moved to long-term long-term injury Filipino with that concussion injury and Fox he just is coming back tonight I believe so he's been out he missed like 12 or 13 games earlier this season too so they've had a lot of injuries but they're still top of the division killing it over there the Rangers are very similar to the Bruins that they are superb during the regular season and they find a way to foul up during the uh, playoffs I'll be interested to see if the defense is there or not. I mean, the goaltending, they've got a fantastic goalie just like us. I'll be interested to see what the, the, the Rangers do this year. That's for certain. Um, Frank K, or no, I'm sorry. Nick C said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Lane structure does not work yet. He still won't change it. What 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 else can you do with this team? I mean, it's, we, we can't run the team like, like the Russians did. Where you just pass the spots and everybody cycles through, it's just not good enough. They're just not good enough. As soon as as soon as people come to the realization that the Islanders just are not talented enough, you'll be better off. You're going to say, "Oh, okay, it didn't work under Trotz. It's not working on Lambert. It's not going to come. It's not going to fit uh, under Coach X either. They'll get they'll get the bump for a couple of games and they'll go back to what they are, which is a, a mediocre team at best." Um, Frank Kay said. Players have zero respect for Lambert. Undisciplined team, that's coaching. Malkin is the biggest problem of all. I do think the team is undisciplined, but I'll be honest with you. When you're a, this is a veteran team. When do players start taking some pride in what they do? I'll be honest with you. It's, it's, I think, more of a lack of pride, lack of, lack of effort on the players. And coaches can only do so much. You're not going to be able to get, 29, 28, 30-year-old grown men to say, let's put some more effort in, guys. They're going to do what the hell they want to do. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not putting it all in lane. I think this team has no fight in it. I think this team is lazy. I think this team has the wrong mentality until you freaking go ahead and transplant what the heart is on this team. It's not going to change. Well, there's the famous saying that that your team is a reflection of the coach, right? Sure, that too. I mean, Lane Lambert, I'd say, is a fiery guy. More fiery than Barry Trotz was, but mm. I don't Absolutely. know. He's, he definitely was a more fiery guy than Trotz. Trotz is he not was, a fiery guy at all. He was the pit bull. He was the pit bull. Yeah. Stephen C. Grumpy. A couple of shows ago, Phil had a lengthy list of Lane's faults and reasons to be canned. Can you guys name a few reasons he should stay? I like his uh, slicked back uh, hairstyle. Yeah, he's got nice hair. The women nice love guy. him. The women, the, the women fans absolutely love him. <laughs> um, 
I just think he's a scapegoat. He's going to be scapegoated. That's what's going to wind up happening. Do I think he's a great coach? No. Do I think he's good enough with the right talent? He certainly is. What are the chances of a similar situation with the Islanders, like what happened with the Phillies uh, a year or two ago, and they fired Girardi, brought in a new guy, and they went all the way to the World Series? What are the chances of that happening with the Islanders? Was it Girardi? Who, who was uh, I forget. Oh, yeah, Girardi was with the Phillies. They fired him mid-season. Uh, I, I don't even know who they who replaced him, and they went up going all the way to the World Series and losing to the Astros. Yeah, so they weren't good enough to win. Okay. I think there's zero percent chance of that happening. <laughs> None. Yeah, I, I just don't. I don't think he'll go outside the organization. I just don't. Mm. It's always it's easy. It's crony cronyism with this guy. Right. I, I'll say this to answer your question: the reasons we should keep him and uh, keep him here. Um, it's more, I guess, against the general manager. How many new head coaches and and and, and, and new chances does does Lou Lamarillo get to restart and to change up who he's going to have in there? At one point, the direction of the team is not where it needs to be. We have to admit that, and the sooner the better. I think of that, but I don't know, Coach Tommy B. We come up with a. We're kind of towards. We're kind of reading comments, but Grumpy. Maybe that's something we should do next time. Is think of the reasons why Lane Lambert should be kept. The play advocate to discuss that next show. I don't think there's a reason why he should be kept, but it's like, again, it's like throwing, you know, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Well, because the it matter. this ship is going down. Doesn't matter who the coach is. Sorry, like I said, young guy, positive energy. Maybe that works. Got to be a young guy. You don't want any retrade in here. You want some young guy, uh, you know, from some winning organization in their minors, giving promotion. That's what you're looking for. Tommy Baffy says some positive news. Mayfield only has six years and 61 games left on a contract. Hey, that is good. <laughs> Adam P. Grump. Just joining now. I hope he gets fired. Let McLean take over the season. Is t- uh, let McLean take over the let season. Toast. Uh, new jab hires no coach. McLean is a fi- new coach. McLean is fired. Power play is much better. Well, you know what? You want to know why? Because Dobson and Barzell have been really, really good. Look at the speed with which they move the puck, right? What all last year and even two years ago I was saying, they're so slow and methodical moving the puck that, you know, they're so easy to defend. They are moving those passes, and Dobson is the linchpin at the top. Barzell on one side, and he's – I mean, those two guys are the reason why. I just think Bo Horvat, he's got that that shot. So there's your benefit right there. Those three guys are why the the power play has been so good this year. Um, and David Sean McDonald grump Oof. Uh, trading for Hannafin or anyone else would do nothing to help this garbage. We're going to need to suffer with this roster until guys get moved to finish their contracts. We need a huge overall. Absolutely. I've been saying it for how many years, if they were smart, that team was never, the Islanders were never good enough to win a Stanley cup. Never freaking ever, never beating Tampa, just not happening after the second loss. Then say, you know what? We rode this group as far as we can. Let's transition to the next phase. It's what they should have done. If you listen to the people online, I can't tell you how many people believe we were one game away from winning a Stanley Cup. We were not. Hey, we were one game. And the other, the other year, we were two games away from winning a Stanley Cup. And I'm like, uh, you know, just to assume we're going to win a Stanley Cup by waltzing into the matchup, I think is a little, I think is a little foolhardy. You couldn't even get out of your conference. David Sean McDonald says, that's you know, what a stupid. Oh, one game. No, no. You couldn't get out of your conference. You played some really shitty teams that had a bunch of injuries in COVID seasons. 
the only reason you went that far. David Chalk, but uh, Grumpy, the Island, but but Grumpy, don't forget the Islanders this year are uh, leading teams uh, two periods out of three periods. Though, you know what they're not leading in points <laughs> of the year. That's what they're not leading. I know. <laughs> David Chalmers says we've led after forty and ninety percent of the games played so far. McLean gets interim head coach just to finish the season. I don't want any n- anyone now because it comes with an extension. Dan Bilesma for HC. Brad coach, yikes. Disco Dan. No, it's thank been you. a while since he's been in the league. I thought he, here's the thing. Why was Dan Biles? Why did he look so good? Because he, he had Malkin and Crosby and Latang and everybody else and, and Mark Andre Fleury. What happened when he went to Buffalo? Looked like shit. Not so good, right? It's players that make coaches. I'm not saying the coaches are not helpful. They are, but players make great coaches. Look at Bill things Belichick. A lot better. That's what I say. Things look a lot better in, 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 in New England. Super disciplined. Everybody went the Belichick way. Everybody went the Patriot way. How is the Patriot way looking right now? Dumb penalty upon dumb penalty. It's a lot easier when your players take that role and are the leader compared to when the coach does it. When, you're, when, does you're, when your lead dog is the hardest worker in the building and wins and wins and wins, Everyone falls in line. Everyone. That's what Brady brought there. He did the same thing in Tampa. The same exact thing. Those guys were all knuckleheads until with that jabroni Arians as coach. Brady ran the whole freaking show. He told everybody what to do. They won a Super Bowl. It's Brady. It's the great quarterbacks, not the coaches. What did Andy Reid ever win before he got Patrick Mahomes? Nothing. He And he's like, Andy Reid is a good coach, but he yeah. could never get over the hump either. Now you get Mahomes, you win two Super Bowls. I mean, it's the players. Again, coaches have the coaches are necessary, but coaches don't. They don't put the puck in the net. They don't uh, stop a running back. They don't break up a pass. You know, they don't do that. Sorry, players win games, coaches lose them. Next, and a piece of the GM sucks. The code sucks. The cul-de-sac crew must be evicted. Just burn. It's, it's it's like a dilapidated building. Just you know, put some charges in there. Just blow it all up. Blow them out. <laughs> Gracious. Pro gamer says, "Hey, TJ and Grumpy, what's your first and last game uh, you've seen? Um, if you can remember." And oh, and hey, Greg's got and the other dude and the other oh, dude <laughs> and Greg. Greg, okay. So first game you attended and most recent game you attended here. Um, who wants to go first on this? I'm interested now. I haven't heard this from Greg. I know. Greg well, think- yeah, I was going to say the first game I ever saw was the greatest Islander game ever, which was the deciding uh, Stanley Cup 1980 game. I, I, I didn't go to the actual game, but I watched it on TV as a second grader, and that made me a lifelong Islander fan. Okay. What was the last game you saw? Le- the last game I went to was last year. It was against the Lightning. Um I sent you some uh, very uh, rare footage of me yelling out "Grumpy Old Man" and also uh, "Sun X" and also "TJ" That's at various right. points, and I was quickly uh, told to leave the uh, building as soon as I did that. That's the way it works there. Wow, the yellow the yellow vest kicked them out, Grumpy, because they know that we're persona non grata at that stadium in that arena. That's why we haven't made our pilgrimage to UBS just quite yet. The first game I ever saw was the Long Island Ducks. Playing at Comac Arena when I was in. Oh, nice! So that's that's the first game I ever saw. John Brobe, and you know, you know, when a Boy Scout troop gets a bunch of tickets, it's like uh, you're in the upper deck. You're as far away as you could possibly be. Um, (laughs) 
There's right. now either it's either a BJ's or a uh, Target where uh, Comac Arena. Okay, it's been forever since. Like I said, yeah. I, I'm not surprised that it that it's torn yeah. down and rebuilt. Mm -hmm. um, and the last game, the last live game that I saw was I went with TJ. I don't did X come. No. Okay, so that was. We went to last year. You guys saw the stars against the Islanders. Oh, that's right. right. Last that's right. Last year, the stars. Yeah. I forgot about that. I was going to go further back. Yeah, the stars. Yes. And another loss. Another loss to the Islanders. The 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 first game I remember. Shit, I don't remember when we were young, grumpy, going to see the Islanders as kids. Like when we met Sedano Chara. I don't remember that. Well, you absolutely did. Um, I'm just and, saying I don't remember that, but I know we did it. I just don't remember it. I, the first, I guess the first game I have complete recollection of, Grump, I was with you guys when we went to, um, I'm thinking when we went to go ahead and see the, it was just you and I, maybe X was with us too. And we went to go see the Hurricanes against the Islanders many years ago, Grump. The first game you went to see, TJ, was the first exhibition game for the Carolina Hurricanes. They were playing at Greensboro Coliseum, and you were four years old. It was 1997, and we sat and talked with Mike Milbury for a little while, and he was pissed. I'm, the first game I remember, Grumpy, the first game I really remember. Well, I'm telling you what your first game was. The first, the first Islander game I ever went to, I remember. I, although I watched them through the dynasty era, I, I never went to any of the games, which was kind of weird because my dad and I would always watch the games at home. But he took me to see them at uh, the Islanders play the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. It was in 1984 after they lost the fifth attempt. So it was, and I remember the uh, Islanders winning, and that was the first time I ever heard the Pot Van Sucks uh, chant. Yeah, was that that game? It's like, yeah, I think it's like a badge of courage now. Yeah, uh, and I remember the uh, Islanders did actually win that game though, because they were they were still good at that point. Yeah, they still had all the same players. That's right. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The first grumpy, what was the first Islander game victory I saw? I guess it was the most recent one we went to like four or five years ago. Josh right? Bailey scoring a winning goal in overtime against. That's Carolina. right. The game winning goal in overtime against Carolina. Josh That's freaking Bailey. Josh freaking Bailey. Here's the thing: the the net was wide open because where you were sitting, we were right like. What was it the first row right behind the bench or maybe the second row? We were, I mean, really close to the ice. And uh I'm like, shoot the puck, Bailey, you piece of shit. And he finally he did it though. He scored a crumb. He did, and it, I mean that that was wide open. That was mm -hmm. wide open. Even he had to shoot the puck. <laughs> Rick Roma says, when Lou trades away this year's first round pick, can Grumpy immediately record his reaction on his phone? <laughs> I need to see that raw reaction. I can't wait for the podcast. Grumpy, that's right. If you could do that, Grumpy, when you do that, I need you to see like Frank the Tank. You know how he does it? He goes and he hits record. He's like, the fucking New York Island. I need you to start flipping his shit, Grumpy. I need to start to see. Yeah, I, I'm down for that, Grump, when they trade away that draft pick. Maybe we could be live on air what happened. Can we did that when the Islanders traded for Paul Mary, didn't we? I mean, you, hell yeah. You, 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 were, you, were, you were live when the Islanders acquired, uh, I believe, Romanov, right, with the famous uh, reaction. That's <laughs> You now, saw that one live in Rome. That, that was unfiltered reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched that live. You know, it's funny. I remember I had the TV on. I was watching it. And then I also had you guys on my uh, phone. And I remember, like, even then realizing that was a pretty classic reaction. <laughs> you know, when TJ's starting to use uh, sexual assault terms to describe a bad trade, uh, you know, he's, he's gone off the rails. Uh. It was bad. It was bad. Um, yes, Grumpy. You'll have to do that at the deadline or near the deadline. Rogue Gamer said, TJ Grump, 
and guest Greg, best Islanders game or memory? We already kind of touched on that, did we not? Okay, oh, oh, best memory, best memory. I'll do that. Um, I'll do the first one. Uh, nice from scoring the goal in first Stanley Cup. Nothing else even close. For for me, it's two way tie. It's that game, but also the one that solidified me becoming an Islander fan for life was um, the comeback against the Penguins in 1982. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic game as well. And also the uh, Rangers Islanders game in '84 where um, game five uh, Morrow scored the winning goal. That was another great one too. Yeah, for me it was just there's only one. The other ones are great yeah. too. The best memory winning that Stanley Cup. Now that yeah. overtime goal, game winning goal against the hated Flyers made even better. <laughs> it was like it was like some syrup on top of the ice cream. I'm trying to. I don't best moment. Shit. I guess it was maybe, maybe it was the first time we won a playoff series in my lifetime when John Tavares scored the game winning goal against the Florida Panthers. John That's Tavares. probably the best. Years and years and years of misery. And we finally won our first playoff series. That's probably the high water mark. And ever since then, it's just been it's been good, but not as good as you'd like. Um, Adam P says here, Lee is clueless. He's a fraud. He's too comfortable. He's the manager of the cul-de-sac crew. He's not Captain Material. He's not even he's not even Captain Marvel. <laughs> oh, Jurel said here at this point, if Lou trades another first round pick, it will be thanks to us losing in overtime. That's why overtime losses should be abolished. We're eight and thirteen without overtime losses. We're down I, there with San Jose. Then I have a suggestion, and it makes guys play harder to win games in regulation. Uh, three points for a win, one point for a tie, and zero points for a loss. I'm down there, there are there's no more shootout, no more overtime. You win, you get three points, like it is in soccer, world soccer. Three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero points for a loss. Hey, TJ, I just want to bring to your attention. I just sent you through Twitter message. I was able to find your reaction to the Romanov. Oh God! Thing, if you want to just pull that up quick, I don't know if you. Oh God! Want to show that? I, I want to see that. Fun. We haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, <laughs> I'd actually like to see that too. If you don't want. To point. Oh gosh, let's let's pull it what up. What was here. the last comment though about um San Jose? Oh god, I I don't know. I've removed that grumpy. <laughs> oh, X has already removed that one as well. Sorry there. Uh, That's gone for you. Um let me pull up real quick here. This is the self-inflicted wound here. Oh god, where they had sent here. Uh Declan highlighted the big mistake we had made here. Look at this grump. And um fuck. God almighty, look at this. Three guys down low. Yeah, look how no one's covering anyone. Everyone's out of position. I mean, I don't know. Yikes. Not a good team. Yikes. Who's the last guy coming back? Oh, uh, Simon Holmes. Holmes. What's his name? Simon Holmes. Casper Holmes from there it is. Um, Isn't that that something that hockey players learn in like the bloody like Little League? I mean, isn't that very basic hockey? Yeah, it is. Get back and play defense. Yeah, I don't understand. But we game back. After game. I got you know Matt Barzell showing great, tremendous defensive effort this year. He's done everything. He's, he's, been, he's been our he's been our best forward this year, without a doubt. All righty, let's put this up here. Oh, um, let's what take a look out? here. What'll this be, breakdown? Uh oh. Grumpy. What what could this be, Grumpy? <laughs> let's take a look here. Oh God. I hate I watching this. Every single time I watch it, I fucking cringe. I cringe every time I watch this reaction. I'm like, shit. All righty, let's host play from the top here. 
Louder. Off for the 13th overall pick. Kirby Doc. <laughs> Lou Lamarillo has got to fucking go. He's got to be fired. He's, He's got to be fired. Fucking go. Bill just said excellent trade a fu- for fucking Romanoff, the 13th overall pick. Get the fuck out. Can we just hold on a second? Can we just – Phil has been on the Alexander Romanoff is a stud since before he was even a part of the Islanders organization. That's how you know. Romanoff could look like complete dog shit. And he does. He's gonna he does. Stick- exactly. He's still going to stick with that original original take he had oh so many moons ago. That's why. Okay. We'll continue listening here. But look at him. Phil's already saying, what a great trade. Out of here. What? The 13th overall pick. You just saw that the Brinkat went for a 7th, a 39th. No, no, not a 7th. A 1st, number 7. The 7th overall pick. The 39th overall pick. Is it better if I say it like that? The 7th, the 7th, the 39th. A 1st, a 2nd, and a 4th. And a 2024 third-round pick. Really? Alexander Romanoff for the 13th overall selection. What a fucking shit show. I just, I. What a fucking shit show. What a disaster. What a disaster. What a disaster. That's three disasters. What are Romanov's numbers? I mean, I would rather have, I would have rather had JT Miller. 79 games played 13 points. Fucking lighting the world on fire. What does he play? Defense. He's in only. Oh, <laughs> what is he playing? <laughs> you know, if you're at the 13th overall pick, and you're like, who the fuck are we trading for? Alexander Romanov, no name defensive defenseman on the shitty Montreal Canadiens at that time period. Oof. He's a defenseman, 22 year old defenseman. Oh Young defenseman. There's, there's, there's your defenseman. That's your defenseman. No, uh, no Chickering, no Letty. It's this guy, Romanov. Oh, he just that's a horrible trip. I'm fucking done. Too bad because too bad because if we listen hey, to a little Andy, bit longer. Real- Is that grump? If we were to listen to it, if it, we run a little bit longer, I know it wasn't in that, that clip. It, it's where you really go off the rails. Well, I'm happy that that part is not clip grumpy. We played it the whole clip in its entirety. Grumpy. Well, it's easy to find, honestly. Mm-hmm. Hey, Grumpy, do you ever also long for the days of that beautiful brown leather couch in that video or no? No, no. no. Okay. It's just furniture. Coach Tommy B. Grump. Uh, Barzell was great last night. Sucks we wasted it. Yeah, he's been really good most of the whole year. Spectacular. He's our best forward by far. By no, Doss has been playing some really good hockey. Really good. But we better get ready to pony up to keep him long term if we want to keep him. The future $10 million man. Thomas uh- Ruby Grump. Uh, Lee's hockey and fighting skills greatly diminished. Did you see Faraby snap his head back last Wednesday? Yeah, he's done. Lee's been getting his ass. He's just been getting out physical. 
it's hey, you know, it's bad. Thing. It's bad when that's your really that's your really uh you know what you're bringing to the table is the physicality, and you're just getting. Adam out. P says Sorokin had a brilliant save minutes into the first game because Mayfield chased the guy behind the goalie again. Butch called him out again. Mayfield I mean, is always out of position and always yeah chasing but, after somebody. I don't get it. Now, do you think that any coach is going to going to convince him not to do that shit on the ice? It's it's like the same thing. Real, oh, go ahead, Greg. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, what if a coach had the balls to actually bench him? I mean, would, would that maybe send a message to him? The only, one, the only guys they bench are young guys. Those Could are the you? guys they bench. Trotz was notorious for it. Bad guys. And I remember some of the uh, the Lamanites saying, oh, well, you know, you bunch bench a young guy. That sends a message to the rest of the, or to the veterans on the team. No, it doesn't. You bench the veteran. That shit, you bench your captain. That sends a message to the rest of the team. Not bunch, benching some freaking bottom bottom pairing defenseman or some third freaking line or a young guy. You don't do that. You bench the captain. Oh man, look at Josh Baylor. Remember they benched him a couple times. All of a sudden he comes back and plays hard. Anders Lee gets demoted. All of a sudden he's playing hard. Then right back to the first line again. He turns back into what he is: useless, below average Anders. <laughs> I'll tell you this here too. Um, regarding what Scott Mayfield has done. Scott Mayfield always likes to clear the puck through the middle of our defensive zone. He's oh, done that under trots since oh, the trots first stepped in, stepped in here. He's done that all over the place all the time. And he still likes to do that. There's nothing that can convince me that he will ever change poor defensive habits at the age of 30 years old. Unfortunately, he just is what he is at this point. If you didn't learn not to do that under Barry trots, you're not learning that on the little spit it out. Learning that under any other coach either. I want to ask your feedback on something too. Do you think if Zach Wilson starts going to Islanders a game, Islander games again, would that bring the Islanders good luck or probably not? Probably no, not. No help. No help. There's no help for this team. Scott Harris says here, never felt so or never felt so uh, never felt less confident in a game in which we were up by two goals in the third period. We looked terrible. Yeah. I'm always just waiting for it to uh, start swirling down the toilet, which is which is kind of sad that no uh, lead is safe with the Islanders now. That's fair. Um, Christian O, what's up, Christian? He says here, maybe my eyes have deceived me, but it looked like Lee had blood on his visor following the hit. Regardless, his weird demeanor was unacceptable for the captain. He was he bloody, nose, didn't he? He was bloodied after he got punched in the face. That's when he got bloodied up. And that big honker spouting. <laughs> uh, Anthony Lena, grumpy. We need coaching change immediately. Also, start trading away veterans and get draft picks, semi real rebuild. The problem with that, Anthony, is that they all have no trade clauses or no move clauses or modified no trade clauses. No, they're not going anywhere. They'd say, nope, I'm not going there. Nope, not going there. I know they have to put in the list to 16, but you know, they're probably going to put like the top teams in the league because they want to stay there. That's that's what it is. They're comfortable there. Very relaxed. The cold de sac crew, very, very fat, dumb, and happy, the whole bunch of them. Thomas Morris says, bet TJ could name three Backstreet Boys songs. Ooh. Bye, bye, bye. I want it that way. <laughs> I want it that way. Uh-oh. Um, Backstreet's back. Oh, yeah. Okay, Bastry's back. All right. There it is. Perfect. There's three. There you go. Well, you got two. Yeah, I got three. Let's go. Eve L, Grumpy. Why acquire Tice Thompson 
We know what we have in Durando. Tice can barely score in the AHL, and he makes 700K to play in the AHL. Durando makes 100K to play in the AHL, the loss of Chris Terry and Andy Androff. Um, that was a trade that just recently happened. Here's the thing. Um, I don't get the trade. I thought Durando in the four games he played last year for the NHL, for the Islanders, I'm like, okay, he didn't look bad. He didn't look out of place. You know, if we needed him to come up in a pinch, we could have him do that. But we bring on freaking Brent Thompson's kid to say, hey, come on, join us. I just, ugh, sorry. I don't get the trade. It's not like I had a huge impact positively or negatively, so it's not really worth causing too much of a stick over. But I don't get the trade either. So you and me both, Eve. It's not going to change the big team or the AHL team, just different. Yep. Brian B., grumpy. I think this is sarcasm here. I don't care what people think about this hockey club, good or bad. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I'm just happy we got Mayfield locked up for the rest of his career. Brian, I love the oh. optimism, baby. Sarcasm off. <laughs> Mario. Mario says trots in the system hides a lot of defense the deficiency on that roster that sooner or later were going to resurface regardless who the head coach would be at the time. He got out at the perfect time. He did. They All the Islanders got old, and they, you can't play that style consistently all year long. It's just too tough physically. The older you are, the more difficult it is. Anthony also chirps, uh, chimes in. I've been watching Ty, the Islanders since 1978. Always will watch them, but start moving pieces and rebuild on the fly. Lee and Pajot contracts are horrific to try to move. Yeah, they're, they're, that's the problem. They're all still long-term deals, and you're going to have to give up assets to get rid of them. Who has salary caps money to take on Anders Lee in $7 million? Nobody. Or Pajot at $5 million? Nobody. Or Palmieri at $5 million? Nobody. I mean, they have no value. Stuff with them. Now, uh, Adam P. says here, uh, oop. Uh, towards the end of the Trotz era, fans, including this group, said that they were tired of Barry stifling offense. Now, I do think Barry did stifle offense. That being said, once Barry was gone, we made it very clear. Everything at this point is 100% on Lou Lamarillo. There is nothing. Everything, 100% of the onus falls on Lou Lamarillo at this point. We didn't address the need to add offensive talent. We did add Bo Horvath. Oh, we had a Bo Horvath. There was so much that needs to be done and still needs to be done, but we add one piece and we think, okay, that's enough over a two-year span. It's not. Um, Coach Tommy B says Lambert's hybrid system does not fit these players and adjustment needs to be made. Yeah, I agree. 100% I agree with uh, Coach Tommy. Um, got here Drew L, grumpy old man. Good teams like the Devils find ways to win despite digging themselves in a hole. The Islanders just keep losing and digging and digging and digging. Tim J. So true, the Devils looked horrible, but these Islanders said, said here have some goals, and I feel sorry <laughs> for our goaltenders. Yeah. Can you imagine what like Sorokin must be thinking about some of these clowns that are uh, right directly in front of him? Shit, I must don't know. be like, what, what the hell is going on? <laughs> he, he must want to go back to Russia sometimes. Oh, no, we suck again. Oh, no, we suck again. He's happy he locked in that long contract. Now, I'll tell you this. Phil told me, he said, he said, Sorokin just went ahead and signed that big contract and he's fat, dumb, and happy or something along those lines. He just, he just coasted ever since he signed that big contract. And I'm like, honestly, the Sorokin hate, I don't think Sorokin's playing as well as he did last year. Be the first to say that I'm a big Sorokin guy, 
But I'm like, it's like it's like Kelly Leak, right? Kelly Leak's the character mm-hmm. from Bad News Bears. Yeah. It's like it's like people shitting on Kelly Leak after he gets thrown out at home plate, after he hits a huge hit. And he's like, oh, he's going to score to win in the game or tie up the game. And he gets thrown out at home plate. And everybody's like, oh, man, Kelly Leak, you blow. Well, you're not here without Kelly Leak. So let's let's be a little bit realistic as to what's going on. Today, I was also thinking about if Sorokin was on, say, uh, Vegas or on Boston, how much greater he'd be because he'd have such a greater cast in front of him. You know? Sure. But he's sure. Uh, stuck here with the Islanders. He, I mean, like, think about Boston. I don't think Olmark is all that fantastic, but Olmark and Swayman's numbers are great for Boston. Just are. Yeah, their defensive system is really good. A lot yep. of good defensemen. Matthew asked, Grumpy. 1984, G. what happened after that year? All right, the organization sucked because I entered this world. Wow. <laughs> JP, Grumpy. Uh, Dynasty is the book that's cemented for me after hearing your interview with Al Arbor and knowing what I already knew before reading, that Marilyn Pickett was the most important person in the franchise history. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there's, like, there's actually a lot of people that are part of the Islanders story that they don't really get the uh, – props that they deserve. There was a gentleman by the name of Jimmy Devolano who scouted and drafted yep. Bossy, Trottier, everyone you could possibly think of. It was him. He left the Islanders after the third Stanley Cup, went to the uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings and slowly built up their uh, Stanley Cup winning teams. Iserman and all those guys. Yep, very true. Mm-hmm. He was there for a long time. Yep. Drew time. says, TJ's what you call a selective dyslexic. He only reads bad on purpose so that he brings entertainment to the <laughs> podcast. I only wish that was true. I wish that was true. <laughs> uh, Ryan P. Grumpy. I always love the picture. The ultimate warrior in that cat. The oh. ultimate warrior. Brock should be traded before his next contract while his value is at its highest. Absolutely. I agree. You're not going to win anything. You move something and try to jumpstart a rebuild. But Lou did not do this last year when he had a bunch of people. He could have done this with Varlamov, Mayfield, and he decided to sit on his old Tuckus. So you're right. He's do it again. He's so many of the fans up. are like, "How oh, we just got to give him one more year? Just give him another year. Give him another." How many year. years they need? They've had six. Yeah. Give him another year. Yeah. Corey Perry, it was my hero. Says, "Be oh god, I his new hero." He did. Oh, Brian Jennings Grump. Islanders suck, getting older by the minute. In our hearts, we all know it. The sad truth is that the near future is not going to be any brighter. No, it's this is we're not even we're not close to rock bottom on this team. Yep, unfortunately not. Um, but we're here at the end of the show today, ladies and gentlemen. What do you want to say before we wrap things up, Greg? What do you want to say? Let's let's I say I want to say love and love, love and laughter, and even who the nah. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually fumbled it. No, but I just want to say uh course this book here i think all islander fans should really enjoy absolutely like i mentioned since this is the holiday season uh sales of this book always pick up around the holidays because i think people buy this and they give it along with islander tickets but who the hell's going to want to go to any uh games with the islanders after they've been playing uh so uh, fantastically but you can anyway. give your you can give your beloved Islander fan an escape from current reality and take them back to yesteryear with the great you know what TJ very good point this is the perfect antidote to the current Islanders what we're what 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 we are watching what Read it could this, be and you'll be taken away to a much better place absolutely B forty B forty chimes in says great book thank absolutely. you thank um, you very much B forty I appreciate that. But yes, make sure to give it. You can find all the links to these in the description below. And on again, you can find all of that where Greg's got his Amazon page there. 
his all of his books and specifically the links to the Islanders, the new book he came out with, the top 50 rock list, as well as the updated New York Jets debacles book. Um, and Grumpy, what do you want to say before we wrap things up here today? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't. From TJ, the grumpy old man, Sun X in the background, and Greg Prado. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening here to the show. We'll be with you guys live Saturday after game time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Grumpy. Thank you, Sun X. My pleasure. <laughs>